Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. For this is a story not of a universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome into DC On Screen episode 497. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. Uh, so, this is our big San Diego Comic-Con episode. We didn't have an episode quite... I mean, it's pretty much a week now. We didn't have an episode last week. Yeah, so it's like and, an uh, STCC Plus episode for us, really. <laughs> yeah, it is. So it's going to be a long one, guys. I'm sure you've already looked down at the uh, at the at the runtime and gone, "Holy Lord!" Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there were mixed reactions to that. <laughs> yeah, I know a couple of guys who would be like, "Yes." Like, yeah, I mean, you I, guys sometimes you need a longer episode. Gluttons for time, punishment, and uh, we got you covered this week. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, I do want to mention uh, up front that you can leave us a voicemail, 205-259-6331. We're not getting into fan feedback this week. That is how packed this is going to be. Yeah. So I guess we're just going to jump right into it, huh? Just dive in. All right. Well, I did feel like uh, we should mention... Sorry. Uh, I did feel like we we should mention a couple of sad bits of news uh, right up front. Superman costume designer Yvonne Blake died. Uh, she was 78. She was a the president of the Spanish Film Academy since October of 2016. She created the Richard Donner Christopher Reeve suit. It's just you know it's iconic. There's there's it's still holding up and and uh, somewhere I've seen it. It's, somewhere. it's the thing that really got Cavill the job. It. Yeah. Well, they say that. Some people said that, and then some other people said that wasn't it. Nah, I know, but it was still a nice story. Yeah. Yes and. Yes and. Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a nice story, and I like uh, to believe that one, because sometimes it, it is sometimes okay to just believe something. Oh, sure. When it's harmless. I mean, guess. Okay. I feel like. So apparently, she had she had to make this thing before Reeve was even cast. <clears throat> Her uh, annotations for the costume read, Leotard and shimmering blue... Two-way stretch fabric worn over false muscles and harness for flying. Capes to be made in various flowing fashion for resting. Boots and glove leather or elastic with small heel. S motif in red and gold on breast and again in all gold on back of cape. Gold metal belt with S buckle. She uh, says it was a question of reproducing what looked like a pretty silly costume into one that could be worn by an actor that would look attractive and believable to Superman fans. It was important that the tights and shorts did not look like ballet dancers. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, <laughs> she was a super important person to uh, to Superman and to DC Comics on screen, and I uh, just wanted to mention her. And uh, we also have uh, John Schnepp, the director of The Death of Superman Lives, uh, longtime writer on uh, Adult Swim's Metalocalypse. He died on Friday at 51. And um, both of those products, pretty great. My gosh, man. Uh, just reading some of the stuff his his fiance Holly Payne was writing, it just uh, I was kind of a wreck over that for some reason. Just it was just it just I don't know. It hit so close to home in a lot of ways, and he was pretty cool, dude. He was, dude, He worked on like the Venture Brothers. This dude was he he directed a bit of uh, a segment for for the uh, ABCs of Death. He 
he was a host on Collider. He he just he got around all around good dude. And you know you you know you're, he's a good dude. And Pat Oswalt is is you know talking him up, yeah, um, and trying to help uh, help out the uh, as Pat Patton puts it, life crushing medical bills. So um, yeah, the but a few a couple years ago, tweet well, 2015. It's not even a couple anymore. He uh, mm-hmm. directed and wrote the death of Superman Lives. What happened? which was a documentary about Tim Burton's canceled Superman movie with Nick, Nicolas Cage. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely ch- uh, recommend checking that out. And uh, we're going to put a link in the show notes to uh, if you want to contribute to his medical funds. Um, yeah, that was that was a sad one. Mm-hmm. All right, um, so we're going to go ahead and just try to shake that off for now. And uh, I'd like to think of it as on to stuff you'd have been excited about. Yeah, all the stuff he would have been excited about, absolutely. Dude, San Diego Comic-Con, they released the Aquaman trailer. Yes, they did. You'd have to live I mean, under sea not to be aware of that right now. Yeah, absolutely. They they yanked some stuff straight out of the comics, dude. Like, the father the father was a lighthouse keeper, mother was a queen. We have the, the lighthouse at Amnesty Bay. Uh, young, Ar- you know, I, I have to hear young Artie controlling the fish. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever called him Artie. It's like the worst thing ever. No, that's um, not a very heroic name, probably. Sounds like he's like a you know pear-shaped, balding accountant somewhere. Well, you almost described Artie Lang, so I guess that's just the association you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would watch an art. I would watch Artie Lang play Aquaman. Oh yeah, yeah. Like cra- like you know, crashes into uh, you know Black Manta's father's submarine. He's like, who's got the coke? That. <sighs> That that would go well on like the College Humor series for uh, for Batman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Expand that universe a bit. So yeah, uh, it's, I thought it was a really cool looking trailer. I was I think I it looks good. I, I mean, I I haven't understood some of the criticism about. I mean, there are some moments where I guess uh, there could there's, there's yeah. some room for improvement, but it was. Um, I thought it looked pretty damn good overall. I thought it looked good. I I don't it looks like it's going to be just I've a ever fun seen, movie. I don't think I've ever seen anything that looks like this. You know, like. Atlantis is is like gorgeous. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. uh, the war scenes look gorgeous. Mm-hmm. If I think if there's a complaint to be had with the effects so far for me, it's that the bit where uh, Arthur and Orm slam their quindents together it looks like Wolverine's claws in X Men Origins. It's just like oh, for just a second. Just jarring. <laughs> and the for crowd a watching them looks yeah, it just kind of looks cartoonish. And the crowd watching them looks really weird. But you know. I don't know. They do. I, no weirder I think than that may make more Hulk sense scene. in like the context when we get start getting used to the watery. Uh, it, I think that's how he's planning this. Is like have like a watery filter. He didn't want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and I get that. Like, it doesn't make sense if you're doing an underwater film and you don't, and it doesn't change everything visually. That would be that would be yeah. kind of hard to justify. So I think it's going to make sense <laughs> once, we, once we start really getting to see it. Yeah. I could be wrong. That's that's an argument for you know after the after the thing. Yeah, and like I said, it doesn't look any weirder than any given Hulk scene. Uh, I think it might st- still get some polishing. It looks pretty good as is, honestly. I am like willing to forget that scene where they're all I, spilling off the side of that boat. Uh, oh yeah, oh, that, that was fantastic. Pretty hard. That was that was that was good. That was fantastic. Even the boat crashing but, on uh, the land. Like, uh, it's just, there's going to be a lot mm-hmm. of exciting stuff in this thing. And the thing that's got me a little worried is it's probably going to be a couple hours. You know, just guessing. Yeah, uh, it's going to be visually very compelling. Um, mm-hmm. looks like it's a fun script. I don't feel like I'm going to get bored and, uh, I'm going to have to pee really hard cause it's a whole movie about water. <laughs> so like yeah. it, you, I mean, normally that, after about two hours, you're like, man, God. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm kind of worried about that. Other than that, I'm really excited about the movie. Yeah. 
And you know, my my biggest hope for this is that a mainstream audience comes to accept Aquaman. It's been a real annoyance for me over the years that so many people scoff at Aquaman. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of people in that camp. And I think this I think this film has a good shot at fixing it. Like I've n- my I've biggest worry really for this have film. His back, but I get what you're saying, and I kind of I kind of want to get <laughs> on the bandwagon with that now. Yeah, like my biggest my biggest problem with this movie that I see is what they've been talking up about it is that oh it's going to be like Indiana Jones and romancing the stone. And that's never been my thing. Like I've never been like the let's roam across the globe and find the MacGuffin type of guy. That's just not my thing. But yeah. if it you know if it works for this movie and it makes everyone happy and understand that Aquaman's a badass, like I'm down for that. Like I'm down for the underwater war uh, war shit. Like that looks fantastic. Oh yeah. I don't care, you know. I don't necessarily care about them running around looking for the trident or whatever. But no, not that nearly as much as I enjoyed. <laughs> like they showed me weaponized sharks, and yeah. I am grateful. <laughs> yeah, Orm's giant, uh, um, whatever I forget the name of it, but like giant sea dragon thing. Oh God, yes. Yeah, that looked great. Oh yeah, that looked fantastic. And I, I, I do love Patrick Coulson's acting. He's, uh, he's always been a part of this. I was excited about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's gonna be good. I think it's going to be good. I th- I think it will be. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. What What's that release date? Um, December 19th, maybe? Okay. I know it was December. That was all I know. It's December something. December 21st. 20, December, December 20th. Something. No, December 21st, and then you, you'll be able to watch it on the 20th, because that's how they do things now. Mm. Okay. I was just curious. Now, at, now, after the footage, they showed additional footage for Aquaman. I read a description of it, mm-hmm. but in the panel right before James Wan shows it, he says... Not to put it out there, I'm on the fence about descriptions because he was talking. It did seem like he was talking mostly about filming it and putting it out there, but uh, this is a really long episode, and uh, I'm on the fence, so I'm just going to say it's out there if you want to read it. Messages privately if, if if you want to ask him questions. Yeah, um, I'm okay with skipping them. I do like j- just watching yeah. as much yeah. of the movie for the first time as I can, fresh. Mm-hmm. So Jeff Johns was talking about uh, how the classic costume makes it in the movie. We we get a lot of pictures from Comic Con showing the um, uh, showing art key art for Aquaman where he's wearing the classic orange and, and green. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jeff says, "Well, James Wan, you know he really picked out. He's an amazing director, and he said I want to do Aquaman, and he loves the classic Aquaman. So the seahorses, the Ocean Master, you know, the orange chain mail. He wanted to do all of that. It was really he was just like." I want to see the iconic Aquaman. And there's, you can even see there's kind of more blonde in Jason's hair even. Nice. <laughs> I want to see classic Aquaman. Good touch. Like, I feel like I would, you know, throw in a little Atlantean magic and make his hair glow orange, like, or gold or whatever, yeah. you know, just to, just to bring it, <laughs> bring it back. Why not? Mm. I, I mean, I'm, I don't know I'm why not. That. That's what I would yeah, do. I'm fine with it. I mean, <laughs> I think Momo is really attached to his, like, hair situation, but I eh, surely let you put mm-hmm. something temporary in for. Yeah, this. I just, you know, I don't know. <laughs> there is an Aquaman website officially online, aquamanmovie.com. Uh, the last I checked, which was, to be fair, before San Diego Comic-Con, it might be more, they might have a trailer up now. I'm sure they do. When I was there, it had one picture of the poster. We'll talk about that poster in a second. But, um, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot there, so uh, keep track of that, aquamanmovie.com. They, might. I th- uh, they did release... I don't mm-hmm. know what they're going to do with that, though, but it was kind of like, all right, well, I'm here. What's okay? I'm gonna leave. <laughs> yep, they did release a, an official uh, synopsis for Aquaman. 
for from Warner Brothers Pictures and director James Wan comes an action-packed adventure that spans the vast, visually breathtaking underworld underwater world of the Seven Seas. And there are seven kingdoms, by the way, and, and you can see all of them in that trailer, except for that one. I think that they they're being you know coy about. Mm. Um, <laughs> starring uh, Jason Momoa in the title, almost said Aquaman in the role. The film reveals the origin story of half-human, half-Atlantean Arthur Curry and takes him on the journey of a lifetime, one, the, one that will not only force him to face who he really is, but to discover if he is worthy of who he was born to be, a king. And then there's like two thick paragraphs giving us credits we already know. Uh, Aquaman poster released. It says, home is calling. This caused a whole kerfuffle on the internet. There are killer whales, bunch of sham, uh, shamus, you know, mm-hmm. sharks, mantas. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Aquaman perched on a reef. Uh, not wet with his leather pants on, you right, know. Right, right. <laughs> Which during the panel, uh, Momoa said those those weren't leather pants; they were like twenty ounce denim. So, and James Wan was like, "I told you to take them off." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's there's a thing people are complaining about. Uh, I guess we'll get to that in a second. But there's Atlantis behind him. This thing is gorgeous. It really oh, is. It's a gorgeous like, poster. I want that poster on my yeah, wall. It's, it's, I don't care how many Getty Sharks are in there. <laughs> it's it's great. <laughs> now, one one did explain why Arthur didn't look wet in the new poster. He says, do you know that when you're underwater, you don't actually look wet? The water isn't beating off of your skin, giving you the typical glossy <laughs> wet look that you're familiar with. Yeah. Uh, you're, Check you're it out the next time you're in a pool. And that concludes my amateur science lesson for the day. I like it. <laughs> And it's not like we didn't have a refresher to this. Like he 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 right. dove into the ocean to, sh- to 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 show us that the trailer was coming. Like, he did. He did. Even if you weren't aware of that ba- that very basic fact, I think it was um, all you had to do was pay attention. It gave you like a pre-course. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so we're. I'm just gonna pop over to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aquaman uh, news bit. Black Manta's costume has its own backstory. Cool. We have to fa- uh, yeah. Uh, let's see the here's the quote. We have to factor the practicality of what it means for our stunt person and actor to wear this outfit and yet retain what we love about their designs. This is James Wan talking uh, to journalists on the Australia set. He says that was one of the things I love about the aesthetic of the Aquaman world, the Jeff Johns, you know, your New Fifty Two sort of look, right? Mm-hmm. Black Manta's outfit is the way it is for a reason. King Orm's outfit is basically his military outfit as Ocean Master. So there's story point to all of that. Black Manta, why he has these two glowing red eyes, the way he is in his helmet. You know, I have a backstory for that as well. Wonderful. I wonder if he's. I've I've heard I've heard tell that he might he's in league with uh, Ocean Master, just sort of doing whatever Ocean Master wants. You know, playing you know playing Ocean Master for his own gain. I'm wondering if Ocean Master gives him that Atlantean technology because Black Manta isn't Atlantean. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. Also, you know, if he's somehow off the leash and powerful enough that the Bros have to team up for a second, who knows? Hmm. Who knows? That's interesting. I haven't thought about that. All right, so uh, we got a little bit on uh, Queen Atlanta's role. Juan says, It's not a massive, massive role, but her character is very integral to the emotional arc of our movie. The relationship of Arthur's mom and dad is the reason he is who he is today, and the way they teach him what it means to that he sees himself as a half-breed, and he sees being a half-breed as a negative thing, and his parents, his mom's teaching, that's not a bad thing. What you have is you have the best of both worlds. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in seeing what Nicole Kidman's going to do in this movie. Because they haven't, she hasn't been in a ton of stuff, but clearly, like, 
she's key, right? <laughs> yeah, you'd think. I would think. Are you talking about she hasn't been in a ton of press, or? Well, it's like the yeah. You just you. It's like everyone's like, "Yeah, she's here," and then you know, even during the panel, they were like, eh, "We're not going to say anything though." <laughs> yeah. She's like, "I was laying on a rock." That's all I'm allowed to say, you know. Well, that's I don't funny. Know. And it'll be actually to me a lot funnier if there is no payoff and they just got Nicole Kidman because I guess they can. And then why well, the hell wouldn't you? Nothing. Yeah. Did you see this? The, the Fisherman King. They 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 showed that in in the trailer, and it's Jaiman Hansu. It's the dude from friggin' Shazam. It's I didn't catch that at all. Like he, yeah. Well, that's just damn funny. He's the Wizard Shazam. He's the Fisherman King. By the way, he's gonna be in both Captain Marvel movies, Shazam and Captain Marvel. <laughs> Why the hell not? Just a little inside joke mm. for anyone paying attention, I guess. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Say my name, Fisherman King. <laughs> no, the other one. <laughs> yeah the uh the caption for this or no it wasn't really captioned it was just a description of the picture which we saw in the trailer in this scene king orm has gone to the fisherman king played by jaiman hansu to enlist his help to declare war on the ocean polluting surface world says entertainment weekly there's also the fisherman queen natalia saffron who i think is also in shazam as a different character mm-hmm. and uh the princess sophia forest on the left and a royal guard on the right though you can't tell in this shot all of them have tails instead of instead of legs. Cool. And James Wan says it's practical makeup effects on the top half of the actors, sculptured by sorry, sculpted by uh, Franchard FX, digital work on bottom half, and environment by ILM. He says best of both worlds, just like Arthur. <laughs> nice. Uh, we got because they put out this Entertainment Weekly, and they've just tons of stuff on Aquaman, Abdul Mateen the second. Who play, who's playing Black Mana or David Kane says we meet Black Mana at a time where he's riding on high. He's just come off his wind and there's a change of the guard, so to speak. And then this guy Aquaman comes in and crashes the party. So we meet him at a time when he's just he's on top and then bam, immediately an event happens and he's at the bottom. And then from then on, you know, it's Aquaman's fault. He has very little else to live for. And so it becomes that revenge story. Hmm. Well, that'll clear that up. Yeah. Yeah. And he says this is, uh, I just got this promotion. Let me go prove myself and step myself up and, you know, step it up once more. So in that confrontation, I'd like to think that Black Man is very excited about, okay, what it was going to be like. This is that guy from around the way who I've been hearing all these things about, and he's supposed to be a badass. And now is my time to go show him who the real badass is around these parts. Mm. I feel like that was more muddied than his initial statement. Yeah. <laughs> but it was more down to earth in, in a certain way. Like, no. We gonna fight. That's what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So there's a um, they put out the like a pretty detailed image of the giant sea dragon from Aquaman mm-hmm. in Entertainment Weekly, and it's gonna be uh, what the people of Zebel use as their steeds. Nice. <laughs> it's gonna be uh, King Nereus, Dolph Lundgren's uh, I don't know, horse buddy. Yeah. That's what I'm going to call these animals. Horse buddy? They're under horse Everybody's buddy. underwater horse buddy. Yeah. I can get behind that. Underwater horse buddy. Mm-hmm. You can't say sea you horse really buddy. You really can't. See, uh, it sounds it's, different. It's taken. Ocean horse uh, sounds yeah. like ocean masters in particular. Like, you, you, mm-hmm. It does. Underwater sea buddy. I like that too. But this thing looks wicked. This is the kind of treatment I've been looking for in an Aquaman film right. the whole time. Like, let's take something you thought was lame and make it the most badass looking thing imaginable. <laughs> While still fitting in the template. I'm stoked about that. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, they're going to take what has traditionally been a mocked uh, source of material and make sure that you wouldn't want to be alone in a room with it. Mm-hmm. I can, uh, yeah, I can get behind that. So they did the uh, they did this artwork. There was an image created by artist uh, Ivan Rice and uh, Rice. I don't know how do you say his name. Joe Prado and Marcel Mayaolo. I don't. I guess that's hell. I don't know how you say that. Sure. And then they reenvisioned it by uh, Sergio Grisanti of Little Giant Studios to give it a more photorealistic look. It's a magnificent composition. It's not the official Aquaman uh, poster. But they did do they did they did it for uh, the Den of Geeks San Diego Comic Con special edition magazine and then they also put it out as a uh, as a Comic Con exclusive poster. Mm-hmm. That is the that is the reason I am sad that I didn't go to Comic Con. Now I want that poster. <laughs> it is gorgeous. I mean, it's got like everybody on there. It's got yeah. Volko. It's got King Nereus. It's you know it's got Ocean Master, Atlanta, Mira, Arthur. It's got everybody. It was quite pretty. It's gorgeous. It should be the. Uh, they. Sh- I just. I hope they put like the Blu-ray is is that cover. <laughs> I know it won't be. I know it won't be. It would because <laughs> the things that I love. The thing that you're going to be annoyed by is like that's going to be the 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 art for the, like the little slip of paper inside that gives you your digital code. Uh huh. And like the digital code and then cover like up somebody's face. The outside will be like a bad Photoshop job. Yeah. <laughs> like like the Wonder Woman still book. Nice. I haven't seen that. Ugh. It's awful, dude. It's so bad. I'll take a look later. It's it's so bad that Scott of Squadcast didn't didn't get it. Ooh. And he gets all the steel books. Like I think he got a different steel book or something. I don't remember exactly what he did with Wonder Woman, but he didn't get that steel book. That's a low watermark right there. Mm-hmm. I mean mm. it's bad. Anyway. <laughs> I mean you you managed to like uh, somehow bad enough to like Recircuit around his collector gene. That's that's a lot. It is. <sighs> now I got to go look at it later. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you list? Yeah. So uh, Paul Sheary over at Joe Blow got to visit the Aquaman set last year, and the embargo finally lifted. So he posted a big article uh, slash interview called "Aquaman Set: Everything We Learned Plus Producer Peter Safran uh, Details the Film." I, I highly suggest you go read this thing. There's a lot to unpack. There's also a lot we already know. I decided to be somewhat precious with what I pulled, mostly because I feel like Paul listed a lot of major plot points and character motivations that I, uh, you know, really just didn't want to get into. Like I didn't. I wish I didn't know. Um, I just hit my microphone. So, <laughs> so I'm not gonna subject you guys to the entire freaking plot of the film here. Nor am I going to, uh, you know, uh, deep. I'm not going deeply into things we discussed ad nauseum. There are some uh, interesting bits that I've bulleted here that I'm going to talk about real quick. Uh, again, you can go read the whole thing on JoeBlow.com. Um, Think about that compared there, to like something... Suicide Squad lifting, what, three or four days before? Mm. Wrong about that? Or remember, am I remembering that wrong? I don't even I know. I, like, I, don't, I, I don't know. I think I even remember it being news <laughs> that the embargo was so late. We're, cro- we're encroaching upon 500 episodes. <laughs> I don't remember that shit, man. Well, if I'm right, it feels interesting. If I'm wrong, well, then that's why. Yeah. So this is, uh, you know, they he mentioned here that it's an origin story. We knew that. But uh, we are going to see Aquaman at four different stages of his life with his present day leading, his present day self leading the main focus. Now, some of this, like, we got a little bit of that in the trailer. And I couldn't help but think that, like, it looked a little bit like the Wonder Woman training sequence on Themyscira. I'm like, oh, we're going to get that that same thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> 
Um, it does, so we do know this, but it does draw heavily from the Jeff Johns New 52 run. They say, He reports two-thirds of the movie takes place underwater. Mm-hmm. That would <laughs> seem accurate. Felt accurate looking at the trailer, uh, sure. Mm-hmm. This was interesting. Every actor, every actor the producers went after in the film were their for, was their first choice. Every one of them. That, that's rare. That's pretty rare. Pretty cool, though. It says that Black Manta is being set up to appear in multiple films and will serve as the B-villain in this story, which I think we pretty well suspected that, if we haven't heard that already. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Aquaman's parents' meeting is being described as the Little Mermaid, <laughs> where the human man meets an Atlantean woman and they fall in love and have a child. Spoilers for the Little Mermaid! God. Except, I guess, without all the language barrier stuff, or what? What do you mean? She couldn't talk. Oh, that was just because... Uh, I know you know the this witch took her vo- That's kind of why voice. I asked. I'm scared. I was curious. Yeah, I don't think they... It wasn't like a language barrier. It was that, like... A lack of language barrier. What, what's her face? Took uh, Ursula took her took her voice. Yeah. <laughs> her voice. That's going to be quite the language barrier. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but she had body language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, she shows up on the beach naked, which, you know, when you think about it, is really inappropriate because she just had her 16th birthday party. I'm not okay with that. <laughs> uh, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't think about that. I don't know how old this prince is. I'm hoping he's, <laughs> I'm hoping he's about 17, 16. Possible. Very like possible. That. I'm sure some actual Little Mermaid fan is out there going like, no, he was this. And I'll be like, oh, ow. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, I guess you know, and what's people his are face? aged differently the, underwater, so it's fine. I don't know. All right, I get. Well, the well, you know, the king did give his blessing, so I guess that means they can get married. I don't I, know. It depends. <laughs> and Disney's. Uh, I don't know how it, Disney got a lot of stuff. You look back <laughs> on and go, "Ooh, mm, mm, no, mm, that's not going to work." <laughs> like, wow, that's a little. Uh, that would not fly. Inappropriate. That would not fly right now. Yeah. What does that priest have an erection? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> anyway, somebody's gonna be looking for uh, that Aquaman. now. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. there. Not not in the current not in the current Blu-rays and stuff, but in in the old movie on the old VHS. Go and look, and that when that priest is marrying Ariel and Prince, what's his face? Mm-hmm. Um, Prince Hope he's young. <laughs> I don't know his name. Yeah. Prince Hope he's young. Yeah. <laughs> like, the priest has like a weird little like knob hanging off of his crotch. And I don't know what they were doing, but, you know, internet happened and people were like, why does he have a dick? And why is he, why is the priest all excited? And they went back and like smoothed out his crotch. So he doesn't, he doesn't have a knob hanging off. Of his That's dick. fantastic. I don't know, man. It's a real thing. Though. I do believe it. I don't know who slipped that in. I hope, I hope the priest. Phrasing. <laughs> Phrasing. So Aquaman apparently grows up feeling like his mom abandoned him and becomes an angry drifter. Yeah, why not? I've told you that. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the bit at the aquarium that we saw in the trailer apparently prompts Arthur to confront his dad about what happened, mm-hmm. and uh, that's when his dad's going to reveal that he's part Atlantean mm-hmm. and gives him his quindent. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. They say that he, he they're going to have some Game of Thrones like elements at play. And I'm like, I don't, does anything with like a kingdom mean that Game of Thrones is is the element? Like um, now, the the two major elements uh, that I hear about are like if it's if it's called a Game of Thrones element to it, it means that power will shift quickly and ruthlessly, or or incest, or lots of just just uh, <laughs> background <laughs> boobage, just lots of boobage. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's, there's some incest in there not, too, as far as I hear. Uh, but yeah, 
Oh, it does say here, it does say, uh, seeing as Atlantis is like a monarch with uh, Atlanteans being modeled after ancient Greek Romans. All right. So um, they're saying that the the Atlanteans are just a notch below Superman in terms of power and invulnerability. Sure. But they can be damaged or killed by their own technology. That sounds okay. Yeah, why not? I've I've never actually thought about how how powerful they would have to be. I I feel like I've looked at that somewhere on some kind of, uh, you know, just one of those searches you do in the... Like at the part of the night where you're supposed to be asleep, but instead your brain's asking uh-huh. you ridiculous questions, and you're like, "Could Aquaman actually take on Superman?" I'm, I'm like, "Yeah, he's, he's see, I've I've really strong. I've been reading too long. I've been reading too long because when I think of things like that, I'm just like, "Yeah, depends on the canon." I fall oh, asleep. it does. It does. I mean, uh, could Aquaman take on a guy who, in some canons, juggles planets? Oh, probably not. Probably but not. In, you know, maybe like uh, maybe just in New Fifty Two. Yeah, probably. But, like, you know, you look at, like, Superman, the animated series, he needs, like, a water suit to go underwater and a space suit to go into space because yeah. he's, you know, I'm like, well, what are you doing, Superman? Like, this isn't Superman. You get to other this versions is... and he's just kind of absorbed so much sunlight he doesn't need oxygen anymore. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it's who you ask. But then I sit there and go, you know, TAS is the best version of this. They had to depower him somehow. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, he can't just be all things. He can't literally be uber much. <laughs> he just can't. We have to be able to write a story. <laughs> uh, the, all, the seven kingdoms will be represented in the film Atlantis, the Trench, Zebel, the Brine, the Fisherman Kingdom, the Missing Kingdom, and an unknown seventh. Swamp Thing. And uh, this no. is. Oh, gosh. That'd be kind of cool. Oh, but if only. Why are you a water thing? Why are you a water thing? That's 90%. 98% water and just a green pepper, for goodness sake. Surely like, you know. Yeah, Swamp Thing shows up at the end, and he's like, I'm in the sea now, bitches, and I'm especially salty now. Uh, oh. Uh, oh, Lord. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't even phrase that well. This wasn't even a good joke. Was just... It would just be, that would be the kind of thing where I was like, uh, uh, I think I have to walk out and take a breather. <laughs> Yeah, after after Batman and Harley Quinn, they just need to end every DC movie with Swamp Thing just showing, just showing up, up for a minute. needlessly <laughs> and pointing out how news it was and, and moving back to the original <laughs> narrative. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, the ending well, of, the, of that universe should just be like Mogu and Swamp Thing, who has now taken over the whole planet, just chilling in space, having I'd wa- I'd having watch a it. chat. I'd watch just, it. Just an hour of them kind of monologuing in broken English form. Right, you know, I would, yeah, I would totally watch that. I'm not sure why. I have problems. <laughs> you probably get like Jeff Johns to write it. Probably wouldn't be bad at all, man. Oh no, star, I want Kevin Smith to write that. Star, yeah, he would have. He would have a good time with that. <laughs> so there, uh, there apparently won't be mass carnage in the film. None of the battles take place in major cities. Uh, there are deaths, but not on an epic scale. Apparently, that's a thing you have to like address tell people yeah. now or they're just going to be like beside themselves and then won't see the movie like that that tidal wave seemed pretty rough yeah all right buddy cloistered little lamb it, just I mean, hang it out really in your should house. just be shorthand now <laughs> don't yeah, watch like it um you should be like shorthanding <laughs> it now to be like no, we're, we're not gonna man of steal it people are gonna be fine don't just don't even worry about it just just come right in it's fine mm-hmm. yep so much so that like they they changed Marvel movies. It's like here's a huge chunk of Age of Ultron where like they're saving civilians. I'm like this is the most boring thing ever. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
can't we just, you know, assume that they're safe? Okay, I guess not. Yeah, no. No, you, you, you can't. You can't. You will be called out. Mm, apparently. So apparently uh, James Wan is going to be playing homo- or paying an homage to the creature from the Black Lagoon type films in a sequence that features the trench monsters attacking a boat on a romantic cruise. <laughs> That's kind of weird, but it sounds fun. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy that scene. But All since right, I've seen that, on. by the way, that may be where I have to go, uh, have to go visit the bathroom. Oh, yeah, maybe yeah. that's my gap because I I know that beat. Yeah. All right. It's worked, it's so uh, out for the me. the here's a here's a chunk of the uh, a little chunk of the uh, Peter Safran interview that I decided to to bring in, and this this was really the only thing that we hadn't heard before, to my knowledge. But uh, he said, "Did uh, the War Room artwork was very clever, that it was heavily influenced by Jeff Johns' work in the comic. Can you speak to Johns' involvement on the film?" Peter Safran says, I think that the new 52 version of Aquaman was definitely our touchstone and our starting point. And even though the film is not a direct adaptation, that was certainly the, you know, in terms of his origin, who he is, that Tom Curry is his father and Alana is his mother, who Orm is, etc. That all comes from new 52. There are certainly creature elements from it, from the trench. So that was our biggest influence. And the fact that Jeff and James originally broke the story for this one, and then Will Bill and... David Leslie Johnson at different times wrote it. I think that the fact that they, Juan and Johns, broke the story together, you know, jo- uh, Jeff has tremendous creative involvement all the way through on a day-to-day basis to the present day. I spoke to him this morning, so he really is a great touchstone to making sure we keep it in the correct world. I say all that to say, you know, if this thing is a success, just lay, out, lay the hell off of Jeff Johns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Leave him alone. Yeah. I don't know what the guy did. I don't know. Leave him alone. It, that's that's a long story. Like we could do a deep dive podcast on just that it, it, at by itself. Mm-hmm. Like be an entire episode. Why are well, we blaming Jeff Johns for stuff? Well, I keep hearing people say stuff like, "Oh, I heard he's a real dick." All right. So is Bob Dylan. So is Ben Folds. Whatever. Yeah. I don't care if he's a dick. Yeah. I don't anymore. Yeah. John Lennon was a pretty big dick. Pretty big dick. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna get into some sh- some, some Shazam very, stuff. It's so hard very to say. Long that. conversation with me if anyone ha- wants to have it privately. But oh, about John Lennon? Yeah, no, there's a lot of back and forth for that. No. Mm-hmm. All right, some Shazam stuff dropped. It's so hard to say that. I sound drunk. Some Shazam stuff dropped. <laughs> um, man, that trailer. I know. I know. It's like. I know it's not cool to you know play favorites or pick favorites or whatever, but that shit. So much, I I liked it so much more than the Aquaman trailer, and I like the Aquaman trailer a lot, but the Shazam trailer was like has me just like beaming. Oh yeah, they both got me really pumped. I'm so excited about this. Like, <laughs> but that's been the case for me. Is like I don't know. At some point, Shazam just became like I'm more excited about that than anything else. Like it's, Star Trek Discovery season two, whatever Shazam's happening. It's Sandberg's social media game that I think has done this to you, <laughs> to some degree. But you know that trailer was dope. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was good. It was really good. I'm glad he gets the powers like right after those kids chase him into the subway, because like next time they find him, they are gonna beat his ass. <laughs> <laughs> like they know who his friends are. It's going to be a thing. Like, I mean, you picked the perfect time. That is wizard. not going to be a fight, even. 
Oh, I, I just yeah. I love it, man. Yeah, I love the I, I love his uh, I love how funny Freddy is. Like they seem nice, but don't buy it. It gets real Game of Thrones around yeah. here. <laughs> Why so dark? You're a disabled foster kid. You have you, you've got it all. <laughs> yeah, I love him as Shazam, like blasting people's phones. Your phone's charged. Your phone's charged. Your phone. What the hell? <laughs> so great. Bullet immunity. Yeah, and of course, like they 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 pretty much chose the best line to end on. Sorry about your window, but you're welcome for not getting robbed. Oh, hey, sup? I'm a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Like, I, if anyone doubted why they chose Zachary Levi for this, uh, you, surely you saw, like, no, he can he can do the humor, but I've seen him make a straight face before and get angry, and it he can do that, too. He can. Mm-hmm. He's got the range for this role. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely got the, the range to, like, try to uh, punch a villain in the face and get his hand stopped in the air and be confused. Because I've seen Chuck, and a lot mm-hmm. of it's him being confused. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, you know, if there was one thing to complain about, I was just, you know, I don't like the little, like, LED light-up chest thing, but, I mean, Sandberg's pretty much talked about that already. Uh, that's not, it's, these effects aren't done, we know that. I was still okay with um, it. It's a really teaser was. trailer. That, that didn't bother me at all, and in action, mm-hmm. didn't give a damn. Like, if that was a TV series, I'd be like, all right, that's fine. <laughs> but, you know, for a movie, I'm for like, movie, yeah, they need a little yeah. bit more. And apparently, I think we're going to get a little bit. I think we're going to get gotcha. more. But um, I'm so excited about this, man. I don't know. I don't even. Like, I'm, Shazam is, or Captain Marvel, whatever you want to say. It's funny. It's, it's really funny. During the SDC uh, C panel, uh, Zachary Levi kept referring to him as Captain Marvel. And I swear I could, I swear I could see David Sandberg just, like, flinch a little bit every time he did it. <laughs> But it's it's great, but it's great for the fans though because we know that like for for like I mean it's not great for the you know as as they're called fi- the filthy casuals, yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> but for me who you know grew up in a in a day when it was you know his name was Captain Marvel, yeah. there's uh, gonna be know, some confusion for nice, sure. And I I think it's uh, Sandberg actually or somebody came out and finally said we're not going to refer to him as that in the movie. Yeah, but you know at the um. At the panel, though, for SDCC, they asked if they were if there was going to be a joke about it or something, and Sandberg was like, "Yeah, that we might do something. We're going we're to do something. Yeah, <laughs> there there might There's be a, a little a little jab a there somewhere. Cool. I think. Right. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm just so excited about this Shazam trailer. I'm excited about Shazam in general, and um, it's like stupid excited. Like I'm more excited about that than I am Infinity or whatever the hell, like Avengers four. I. I've been waiting like what twelve years, eleven years, whatever it is for Avengers Four. I don't, get, I don't give a shit. Shazam! <laughs> I could see it. <laughs> it just took me by surprise. I had no idea that I was going to be this into. I know. It. I'm kind of like it's. I'm I like. I'm kind of happy just watching you get this excited about it. It's it's been fun. <laughs> yeah. So uh, someone wrote to uh, some you know rando on Twitter <laughs> wrote to Sandberg said congrats on the trailer. On the great trailer uh, debut, Shazam looks great. Not sure how much will can be changed for the actual film, but any chance you can add a little more boom and residual electrical crackling to Billy's uh, transformations. Sandberg says, None of the VFX in this early trailer are final, so things might look quite different in the final film. That's definitely a shot that will continue to be tweaked. And a different Twitter rando says, Will there be a lot <laughs> be lots of actions like Man of Steel in, in Shazam movie? Because in the teaser trailer, there weren't much actions. Please reply this massage. 
And David says, well, it was just a teaser. None of the action stuff is ready to show yet. You'll have to wait for a proper trailer later on. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, I'm pretty sure we're going to get, like, a lot of difference here. It's going to evolve over time. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's somewhat drastic in in some shots. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of these shots, like a lot of them, they they probably are pretty attached to as the idea for a first trailer. So I think we are going to get to see if there Mm -hmm. has been any development later. Mm-hmm. And I'm just gonna bet more of Svetlana. Just just betting that one. Hmm. So uh, they put out this picture before the trailer released, and uh, <laughs> it is awesome. It is a picture of uh, of Billy and Freddy, and they've got all this awesome like like they've got Freddy's awesome like superhero shit behind mm-hmm. them, like all of the stuff he oh, collects, yeah. and um, you know because Billy needs a guide on the journey, mm-hmm. yeah, to becoming a superhero. And Freddy's obsessed with superheroes, so you know they got to do yeah. this. But we we see him, we see Billy holding up the little like we saw it in the trailer. It was a little like uh, Ziploc baggie that has like a certificate of authenticity. And I had to look it up, but the thing that's in there with the certificate of authenticity is like a bullet that actually hits Superman. Yeah, which is cool because in the trailer, we when they shoot him, he's like, "You're bulletproof, or whatever. You're you have bullet immunity." Um, we see like a slow motion bullet mm-hmm. fall and I'm like, is that the next, is that, is there going to be some sort of emotional arc there where it's like now he's collecting stuff from, from, you know, Billy. Oh no, I anyway. definitely hope there's at least a scene where he reaches down and swipes those. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, uh, if, if it's realistic, reaches down and swipes those and kind of shakes his hand like, ah, it's hot, it's hot, it's hot. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um. Yeah, in the background we have a Superman cap, we have graphic novels, we have uh, a Batman action figure, a Superman cup or two, uh, Batman's BVS Batarang, a Daily Planet newspaper that says Superman is back, and a Time magazine dated June 14th, 2013, which is the re- release date of Man mm-hmm. of Steel. It's a shot of the world engine above Metropolis, and it says, An act of war as Metropolis lies in ruin. How shall the world respond inside an alien invasion? <laughs> That's just awesome. Sandberg posted uh, that, and he also uh, posted a closer picture of the Daily Planet props. Um, it says, Daily Planet, reporting on the Planet Daily, which is funny because every time you see those papers, they're never rep- reporting on the planet. They're always reporting on, like, Superman did a thing. Yeah, yeah. Batman did a thing. Yeah. In Gotham or Metropolis. That's fine. That's the series anyway, tomorrow. They, the they Daily. Focus on what's relevant. Yeah. The Daily Planet article says superman is back the man of steel rises to once again lead humanity in hope strength and virtue there are blurbs called uh there's a blurbs article that's called aliens attack on the world then there's an article called amazon woman and the batman help combat lex luthor plans there's uh, an article the aftermath metropolis citizens pick up the pieces uh there's another daily planet paper that shows gotham crime rate soars recent rising crime rather has uh gotham city on edge uh Sorry, recent rise in crime rate has Gotham City on edge. Uh, Gotham City officials reconsidered a citywide curfew to help bring down current crime rate. It's just little cool, like, universe-binding things that I'm excited Mm -hmm. about. Yeah. And, by the way, there was an Entertainment Weekly story that came out in a fantastic cover with Shazam blowing a a big old bubblegum bubble and playing on a smartphone. Yeah. Just everything about this thing seems so fun to me. That was a good tone. Producer Peter Saffron says, I wouldn't be surprised to see Shazam play a role in the DCU. This is from an e- Entertainment Weekly story, uh, or that Entertainment Weekly story. Yeah. No, I think he meets up with people later. Easily. Yeah. 
He said, he said, I would, uh, Zachary Levi says I would lose my shit if that happened. I would lose all of the shits. <laughs> I remember thinking if I get this and if this movie does well enough and if Justice League does well enough and they make another Justice League, they will one day, maybe, yeah. maybe I'll be on that next poster for, with all those guys. Um, and then Saffron says, uh, it's something we've considered and have plans in place for sequels that take into account those realities. So that's all, that's all amazing. I mean, he, uh, he's going to get to meet someone, I think, at least. I mean, hopefully in this movie he'll get to meet, you know, Superman at least for a minute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Oh, God, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, there was a, a great person. Uh, it's not a great person, but whatever. This person, on, this random person on Twitter said to David, what the hell is this? This is the AEW cover. David, we thought you were going to bring the DCEU back to the track, but this looks like Batman Forever shit. Mm-hmm. And ba- and Sandberg responses, uh, responded, if you think the front is Batman Forever, wait until you see the back. Hashtag butt nipples. Yeah, that made me laugh pretty hard. <laughs> I, like, woke up to that. And I was like, what the hell? And man? I actually, butt I read nipples. that thread, and I went probably 50, I went probably 50 comments down. And mm-hmm. I, can, I can sum up the 50 comments that followed that by saying, whoever that dude is, he, he can suck on some back butt nipples. <laughs> like there was no forgiveness in in what he said. They, they lit him the fuck mm-hmm. up. It was it was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so over uh, talking to Entertainment Weekly, Saffron explained that Shazam is going to begin to evolve the DC films, and uh, he says, from my perspective, Shazam represents the next step in the evolution of the DC brand. You have Wonder Woman, then Aquaman coming December twenty first to answer that question. Uh, is another big step. Then comes Shazam. All different movies, but all have a unique tone that moves away from the darkness of the prior DC movies. Well, that was the always the plan. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, I do hate I do hate that part of the reporting on it. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a little bit of uh, backstory here for Doctor Savannah. I guess he might not be a doctor anymore uh, for the Shazam oh, movie. God, I said Svetlana earlier. Savannah, Doctor Savannah. Oh, I, yeah, I didn't know what you were talking about, so I just moved on. Hmm. Well, that's why. <laughs> That's why I expect more of Savannah <laughs> in the. Uh, I don't know who. Was yeah, that I'll figure that out later. I don't know. Like I, it was like at that moment I was like that little gif that you see with all the like equations and angles and shit like in the background. Like what the? Hell? Nope, just moving on. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Svetlana. Saw <laughs> for X later. No, it was, uh, it was just Savannah. Savannah. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, we got still got 25 pages to go. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just move on. <laughs> I, uh, I missed thought. All right, so according to <laughs> Entertainment Weekly, Comet fans already know Savannah is Batson's arch nemesis, but there have been different backstories for the character over the years, and Shazam, 14-year-old orphan Batson, is selected by a 3,000-year-old wizard to inherit his powers due to his pure heart. The film's version of Savannah also encountered the wizard as a kid, but he was rejected to receive his powers. Ever since then, Savannah has spent his life searching for a way to gain the abilities that Billy now possesses and is in a desire to live up to the expectations of a domineering father. In the comics, he was a scientist who was obsessed with bridging the gap with with magic. And eh, it, was, it's not, it doesn't sound like this is, he's quite the same character, but that's all right. No, they're, they're playing with kind of the newer, more powered version. I, I do like, though, that they're not doing like the um, kind of uh, usually diminutive... Uh, almost, I feel like saying squeaky old man, uh, kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just a, a dude with 
no physical prowess whatsoever, but a super clever and dark mind. Yeah. Because that does leave options uh, in the future for Jazam. Like, you know, is it uh, yeah. Mr. Mind or Dr. Mind? I can't remember. Mr. Mr. Mind. mind. Um, it leaves us an option in the future for a diminutive character, such as a, <laughs> a tiny animal, to maybe be his nemesis, nemesis in the future. <laughs> Shazam 2 has to happen somewhere. Um So, um... He does have he does have the uh, the scarred eye that can let him see magic mm-hmm. though. So that's going to be an advantage, sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're also saying Mark Strong loves being a bad guy, and it's not just him, really. It's something else that lent him his powers. He can do some things that Shazam can't. The danger in some films is the bad guy has the same powers as the good guy. Savannah has an extra thing, extra dynamic that takes care of that. I'm guessing it's. Not I'm flight. down for all of that. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know what that would be, though. That's going to be interesting. Maturity? Possibly, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They I also mean, did could, a Wonder Woman 1984 panel. could actually just be intelligence. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean... Forethought and intelligence. We're talking I, about... We're talking about a 14-year-old kid here. Like, there's... That's a huge I, advantage. I wonder if there's not some... Conne- I wonder if there's uh, not some kind of connection to the Seven Deadly Sins or something, you know? Oh, sure. That'd be good. Like... Like he sought out power from an alternate magical, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, entities or sure. entity. Or maybe he just got some of Black Adam's powers, <laughs> but not fully because he got them the wrong way. And then at the end of the film, he's, yeah. he's defeated and those powers go back into the ether and suddenly Dwayne Johnson right. has powers. Except that yeah. wouldn't work at all because Black Adam's super old. Or he, he just stuck, uh, maybe Ooh, he just, Maybe Black you know, Adam came around out. and gave him some of his powers because you can do that. Yeah, he can do that. Maybe he but just, then those you know. are normally the same powers, so I don't, I don't I'm, Stuck a... He stuck a paperclip in a power outlet while jerking off on a Ouija board. Right. And... and now he has dead men's powers. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the most obvious thing. I, I, I think you nailed it. Yeah. I think I did. I think that's going to be what happens. If you, if you want to uh, just completely Write it on the calendar and assume we had this 100% correct, I, I, I would completely back you. Absolutely. Wonder Woman 1984. They had a panel at SDCC. And uh, they did show some footage, and it was just a little bit of, like, one woman saving a girl in a mall, and there was, like, a, you know, guy with a gun. And then she, like, runs down the street. Like, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Just, I mean, but they're, they really just started oh, filming, yeah. so you I mean, can't really. Weeks ago. You know. Uh, weeks ago. It's a scene in a mall with gunplay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Patty Jenkins did talk about why she chose uh, the 80s for the movie. She says that era in the first film, was the beginning of the modernized world. This is its entirely own 80s movie, and its own thing, uh, reason why it really was mankind at its best and worst. We're aware of some of the prices of our behavior nowadays, but back then we weren't. Great music and elegant and incredible things of the 80s too, but also revealing the worst of us, to have Wonder Woman visit a period of time uh, as us at our most extreme. That sounds right to me. It does, except the part about the best of us. <laughs> you hate the 80s so much I, re- I read that too and I seriously have been racking my brain to figure out what she's talking about and I don't know I don't oh. actually know I'm, I'm sorry that's alright man it was, it was it's not all subjective a good spot not, for us you know? I don't know I don't know I'm, I, I don't know what to do with it I really enjoy a lot of stuff from the 80s man I don't know what to tell you know. we got some great talking head stuff out of it there's, there's something oh yeah there's there's <laughs> Yeah, man. That'll work. Hold on yeah. to that. I'm just going to grab a copy of a Remain in Light uh, and close my eyes. 
Gal Gadot said, it's not a sequel, it's its own story, its own chapter, a whole new movie. The bar is very high, but our aspirations are even higher. So we just give it everything that we have and hoping that we bring you guys, what we bring you guys, you will love. So, Fair enough. I'm down. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of news. Oh, hmm? yeah. No, I've been looking forward to this one for a while. I, um, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm actually really a lot pumped that there aren't so many set pictures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was going to get annoying after a while. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Joker, lots of stuff going on here, man. Uh, they landed a title and release date. Hollywood Reporter is directing, uh, directing, is really, (laughs) (laughs) reporting, reporting that it's going to be called Joker Mm -hmm. and it's going to have a release date October 4th, 2019. Shit's coming quick. Yeah. It's low budget. They're going to do a story and send it out, man. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Steve Frosty Weintraub over at Collider posted a segment of a larger interview he conducted with Joaquin Phoenix, and um, it was just a segment he titled this article, Exclusive Joaquin Phoenix on his unique Joker movie and why it scares him. Um, And Steve asked him how he got involved with the Joker project and if he was nervous to take it on. Joaquin says, I take a lot of time and consideration when making decisions and what I'm going to work on always. So in some ways, the process, which is obviously reading a script and meeting a filmmaker and then continuing to have meetings and discussions with Todd, I think he's very impressed. seems to have a very interesting understanding of this world and what he's trying to say. And so there is something very appealing about that and working with him on this particular project. It feels unique. It is its own world in some ways and maybe mostly it scares the effing shit out of me or something. It might as well be the thing that scares you the most. And um, now something I was surprised in reading was that this dude, like Joaquin had been talking about this, thinking about this three or four years ago. He says three or four years ago, I called my agent and said, why don't they want to take one of those characters and just make a lower budget film about it? A movie about a character study, a movie, but a character study. And why not take one of the villains? And I thought, you can't do the Joker because you know it's just, you can't do that character. It's been done. So I was trying to think of other characters, and he said, I'll set up a general meeting with Warner Brothers. And I said, I'm not going to go. I can't go to a general meeting. So I completely forgot about it. And so then I heard about this idea. I was like, oh, that's exciting. That's the kind of experience I want to have with a movie based on a comic character. I felt like you could get something on screen. I I wouldn't quite classify this as like any genre. I wouldn't say it's a superhero movie or a studio movie. It feels unique. And I think more than anything, and probably the most important thing, Todd seems very passionate about it and very giving. And so that's exciting. I think underneath the excitement of these films and the size of them, there are these incredible characters that are dealing with real-life struggles. And sometimes that is uncovered and exposed, and sometimes it isn't. And so I always felt like there were characters in comics that were really interesting and deserved the opportunity to be kind of studied and so I think that's what Todd sees appealing about this idea. Now, I think there's there's a lot here, but what is here is substantial, I think. Like, this isn't, uh, sorry, there's, uh, I think, uh, Todd, this isn't Todd Phillips and Martin Scorsese wooing Joaquin. This is something Joaquin has interest in. Yeah. Something he's thought about before. This is Joaquin looking at their approach and feeling like this is something he actually wants to be a part of. Because God knows Joaquin's not going to be a part of something he don't care about. Sure. So that's exciting to me. Yeah. And I know this dude can act. I got two ears and two eyes that wept over Phoenix and the Master. I know this dude can act. <laughs> I, and it's it's an idea that uh, we, we've also been interested in for years. Mm-hmm. Just like a low-budget, take-a-look-at-somebody kind of thing. 
Mm-hmm. But ah, I, I, the only thing I'm still worried about is the dual versions of the Joker. But eh, I mean, shit's gonna happen, and they've got serious plans and they're in action. And apparently, they're happy with the script. And I mean, damn, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really curious. Well, I mean, uh, I think, I think I'm going to end up learning something mistake. about audience reception is what's going to happen, personally. <laughs> I really, really do. Yeah. Like, I think I'm going to end up seeing this as like a like an experiment that I never thought would happen where I, I end up learning some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> according to uh, Jeff Snyder, who's one of these Hollywood insider types, uh, he says Thomas Wayne is going to be featured in the upcoming Joker movie. He says, he was on Collider Movie Talk, and they asked him about the Robert De Niro rumors, and he says, as for De Niro's role, I don't think he's playing any canon type of character. I think he's playing like a local TV host or something like that, who's maybe broadcasting about the Joker. I'm not entirely sure. I do know that one character who has a big role in this is Thomas Wayne. That's weird to me. Like, because Phoenix is so old already. And we're talking about Tom- Like, how old is the Joker supposed to be? I don't know. Like, it's, if Thomas Wayne is alive? It's one of the more confusing parts of this, like... They'd have to abandon a part of the canon that's just, that's the beginning of Gotham City. Is that night in an alley? <laughs> like, you have to abandon that to make that make sense. Uh, to make his age yeah, make sense. I don't. Unless you're going to pull kind of a Gotham thing and you're just saying, like, it's an idea and it gets handed around. I don't know. Um, mm. I guess, uh, uh, I should probably say it's a Batman Beyond thing before that. But anyway, mm. um, it, I don't know. It, that part's confusing. It's also confusing to do an origin Joker story with a guy who's uh, Joaquin's age. Uh-huh. There are parts of this that I, I cannot wrap my head around yet. Yeah, me too. But everyone's so damn interested in the project that's actually doing it that I'm mm-hmm. I'm starting to get a little excited. Yeah. Definitely not against it. Uh, yeah, and The Hollywood Reporter is now reporting that De Niro is currently in talks to play uh, a talk show host. Mm-hmm. So, here's a bummer. Mm. Frances McDormand was apparently in talks to play Joker's mother, Penny, and she bowed out. Like... They were talking about like, oh yeah, she's doing it, and then she's she's in talks, and then like Gonzalez, Humberto Gonzalez, says uh, Francis McDormand passed on playing Joaquin Phoenix's mom and Todd Phillips' untitled Joker movie, which is called Joker now. Right. Um, they want a name for the mom. And my thoughts. It, I mean, if if any of that was true, if she ever was actually in talks to play the role and then passed, uh, and without even thinking about, without like considering the person that is now in talks to play Penny, I I say unequivocally, this is this is a loss. Like the, it it could go to Meryl Streep, it it would still be a loss. Uh, you know, Wonder Boys, Fargo, Hail Caesar, Raising Arizona, Burn After Reading, Moonrise Kingdom. I I have scratched the surface on the sheer amount of films this woman is in. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic in every one of them, whether she's on in the film for five minutes or for the entire movie. Woman shines, and. Uh, you know, I just I'm 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 a little I'm a little sad about it. I know it's part of the process. Yeah, yeah. I never wanted to see Joker's mother, but if I if I had to, I would love for it to be her. Yeah. And this is confusing too. They've uh, Francis Conroy is now being reported to be in talks for Penny. So maybe it was always Francis Conroy. It was never Francis McDormand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a little weird. Like they're zeroing in on Francis's yeah. <laughs> Francis. <laughs> Uh, and you know, Frances Conroy's had a has a pretty uh, prolific you know career. She's uh, she's been a Six Feet Under, Six Souls. Uh, she was uh, Ophelia Powers in in that awful Halle Berry Catwoman movie. She was Barney's mom on How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I think she was in that. What is that? 
American Freak Show or something like that. American Horror Story? Whatever it was. Yeah, that, that, I think that's it. That thing I don't watch. <laughs> I don't either. I've been told great things, and it just has never made the list of things I can actually accomplish. I think there was a spinoff called Freak Show. Oh, that makes sense, though. Yeah. Anyway, she's fine. Uh, you know, she's not Frances McDormand, but she's good. <laughs> Sorry, I can't have that, buddy. I am. She's creepy. I know. <laughs> so this was pretty cool. Uh, if it's true, Omega Underground is uh, reporting that the visual effects supervisor Edwin Rivera is going to be joining Joker. And uh, Rivera has a lot of great stuff under his belt. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Titanic, 22 Jump Street. Uh, I don't know from 22 Jump Street. Mm. The... Uh, <laughs> And then the hashtag show is saying that production designer Mark Friedberg from across the universe, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and costume designer Mark Bridges from Boogie Nights and Phantom Thread uh, have signed on to Joker. And none of that sounds bad to me. Like The visual effects of Spider-Man Homecoming, Guardians 2, Titanic, they all look great. I don't know 22 Jump Street. Uh, I think Edwin's great. Uh, he's more than more than great. Mm-hmm. He's been in the business for a real, real long time. Like Now, Friedberg, production designer Friedberg, uh, has done some damned compelling stuff like Life Aquatic across the universe, Noah, Selma, Patterson with a- a- Adam Driver, Darjeeling Limited. This dude does not does beautifully vivid and disturbingly gritty at the same time, mm-hmm. and I'm so down with that. Like that is that's awesome. And the costume designer Mark Bridges, he's won Oscars, dude. Like I know we don't really put a lot of stock into Oscars, but if you look at his movies, you know why he won. <laughs> The, the uh, Inherent Vice, the, the Paul Thomas Anderson film that was uh, directed from the Thomas Pinchon uh, novel, which, by the way, Joaquin Phoenix was in. Like, that, that's just perfect. So you're saying um, he's won Oscars you agree with. That's the important part here. I, absolutely. Yeah. Like, look, he won for the artist. He was... Uh, <laughs> so there's plenty. Uh, he was... Okay. Yeah. He, he's done a... Phantom Thread, he won... He's he's good stuff. Like he he knows really how to get into the period piece stuff and make it pop, you know. So I was when I started looking at when I looked him up, I was just like, holy shit, this is awesome. This is the, exactly the kind of thing I would want to see, you know. I don't want to see like Legends of Tomorrow period piece. I want, I want it to look real. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I get the reference. There's a report. <laughs> Hashtag show is reporting that uh, they're going to give the Joker a name. It's going to be Arthur Fleck. Okay, ah. sure. Why not? Whatever. I'm actually just glad it isn't another version of it, you know? What do like, you mean? He can't be Jack Napier. That would annoy the crap out of me. Oh, yeah? How's so? yeah, just How, I, What? How come? I would just rather <laughs> it be some? whole cloth. That's all. Mm. If we're going to do this, Okay. let's just let, let, go ahead and have your complete take. Don't steal a little bit from here and there and i would actually just rather that that's all yeah okay uh so this is exciting deadpool 2 and atlanta star uh zazie beats is apparently rumored to to be joining joker i like her i do um they are they think it's going to be for the for the character that's described supporting female 27 to 34 to play african-american or to play latina not beautiful which they're going to have to rough her up then, mm-hmm. has a hardness to her, a single mother living on the Lower East Side, doing the best she can, trying to make ends meet, worn out by the grind of the city. She understands how the system is stacked against her and the people in her community, how unjust it all is for them. She's just trying to catch a break. The I don't know how that's going to... opposite of her hmm? Deadpool role. 
<laughs> What's that? It's like the opposite of her Deadpool role. Right? Yeah. It's, she's unlucky. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very much uh, carefree. Yeah, things will work mm-hmm. over there, but no, mm-hmm. here. All right, so over to uh, <laughs> they, the Birds of Prey, the rap is, Umberto Gonzalez specifically is saying that he's got the rundown for who's going to be in Birds of Prey. This is a rumor. Uh, he's saying Black Canary Huntress Cassandra Kane, who is the assassin daughter of David Kane, and uh, but not not the Black Manta David Kane, mm-hmm. and uh, Renee Montoya is going to be is going to be the the Birds of Prey in this thing, joining Harley Quinn, and um, you know uh, it's fine. Like as many on the internet have already, I I believe it's a misstep to exclude uh, Babs Gordon, yeah, either by way of Batgirl or Oracle for the project. I uh, also think it's kind of a misstep to exclude Katana. I think she would be a cool addition. Uh, she was severely underused in Suicide Squad. But as for Barbara, I think maybe they don't want her involved in an R-rated picture while they're actively developing Batgirl as a solo PG property. So I get it. Yeah, that would that would be hard to explain. I just, to... I just don't necessarily want it. That doesn't mean I'm not open to it. It's just <laughs> I would rather have a PG-13 Birds of Prey movie mm-hmm. with Barbara Gordon than an R-rated Birds of Prey movie without. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to do, like, girl gang shit with Harley, it's R-rated, that's fine. Make it Gotham City Sirens or something, man. Like, I just don't understand, like, where they're coming from on this, honestly. Yeah. That's just... And this is... Yeah, it's a little bit of negativity from me. Sorry, guys. That's fine. I mean, now, the, there's some... Yeah. A lot a lot of this remains to be seen, honestly. Yeah. It's, yeah. Also, uh, pretty rumory right now. So we we got to get some more. It's pretty rumory. It's pretty rumory. Now, uh, Geeks Worldwide is suggesting that uh, Birds of Prey is going to begin filming January 15th in Los Angeles. So, hmm. Yeah, we'll see. So, there's this dude named uh, Marshall Green. Logan Marshall Green. He's in a show called Upgrade. He uh, he played uh, the first Shocker in Spider-Man Homecoming. We know how that worked out for him. <laughs> he put out a... He, he, <laughs> he tagged uh, Ava DuVernay, the director of New Gods, on Twitter and says, I'm officially an unemployed actor, and I've already had my 15 minutes in the MCU, so I'm starting my own shameless campaign to play my favorite hero in the DCU. Hashtag Mr. Miracle. And, and she responded with a winky emoji. Nice. <laughs> he does look good. He does yeah, look good for fine. Scott. I saw that. He'd be fine. And uh, yeah, and they like I don't know if you read like some of the some of the stuff below that like, people were talking about like, "Oh, have you are you reading the new the new uh series?" And uh and he said like I And Logan it. goes, "I devoured it." Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I just uh, uh, yeah, that was I'm like, "Okay, cool." Respect. I love Twitter, man. And so, in certain regards, I love Twitter, where you can like an actor can just like go to a director and be like, "Hey, I'm interested in this." Oh shit, really? Cool. And <laughs> see how it goes. That's that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so Jeff Johns is saying how Green Lantern Corps is going to be different. He says it's a complete reimagining, just like I did Green Lantern Rebirth in the comics. If you've read my Green Lantern run, it's very much in line with some of the stuff we did there. I'm going to hopefully del- be hopefully delivering a script that Warner Brothers loves and DC likes, and they want to make it. I'm going is going to celebrate the mythology and re- reinvent it in a different way. I don't know what all that means. I don't either. I really don't. But it's excited. But I love that he's just off like the leash of office duties and can do this stuff now. That's, that's oh yeah. The major takeaway for me in general when I hear Jeff Johns now is like, oh man, 
this is what he's doing all day now. Oh yeah, let's. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I just saw like an interview where he was. I think he was talking about like Titans and all the stuff over on the DC universe. Yeah. And he was like, you know, my my day, you know, since I've stepped down from that role, my day used to consist of like the first half of it was writing production. The only thing that's changed is that now the second part of my day is writing in production. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 possible. But I was I, the major uh, thing was I was hoping that he'd get a chance to really dig into the creativity and even get even get words on the page more often than he was before because he's good at that man mm-hmm. and is, he's a good writer. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is going to be a quick blurb. I'm going to try to make it as quick as I can because <laughs> I'm sick of talking about this shit. Ah. Uh, ben Ben Fritz, writer of, uh, for the Wall Street Journal, uh, had been collecting interviews and stuff from from different uh, Snyder release of Snyder cut uh, people, people high up like Fiona, and he talked to some uh, producers or some people who were involved in the actual Justice League movie, uh, like Jay Oliva, and uh, and then the Wall Street Art Ar- Wall Street Journal article dropped, and. Um, the article says the studio isn't planning to mention a Snyder cut or to release any alternative versions of justice league. A senior executive confirmed. Uh, and it also says people who worked on justice league say that while Mr. Snyder did assemble a rough cut after he finished principal photography in late 2016, the director never said he intended it to be released. They said that Mr. Snyder oversaw the new scenes. Mr. Whedon wrote the following winter and had planned to shoot, shoot them himself before the death of his daughter prompted him to leave. It also says, who are these people who won't stop talking about the magical magical Snyder cut that doesn't exist, lamented one person close to the film. So, none of Fritz's sources are named. Ben Fritz isn't using, he, or Ben Fritz is using an old studio narrative that we know is, ho- is horseshit from just being followers of Zack Snyder on Vero. Um, <laughs> Snyder doesn't even, he hasn't even, he doesn't know about the German family, he doesn't know so much about what was actually released. Uh, he's, we can't just say he was overseeing Whedon's work at this point. I'm sorry. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we we know Jay Oliva was interviewed for the article. They didn't even mention him. Uh, and Jay Oliva called them out on that, too. He says, I guess my interview with you didn't fit your narrative of crazy fans. Really disappointed in you, Ben. You had the chance to write an article that helped bring understanding to a movement about keeping the artistic integrity and creative freedom of future filmmakers. Jay says uh, there there is an assembly cut. And that their VFX need to be polished and completed, but so you know, uh, my advice is ignore the Wall Street Journal. If you're a Snyder Cut enthusiast, it's back to normal. Give them hell, but give it peacefully and respectfully, please. Uh, I want to see a Snyder Cut. I, I believe it exists. Jason doesn't believe it really exists, but I think it is there in a. I think we both agree that it's there in a in an assembly cut form, and that there's some work to be completed yeah, on it. Yeah, that's that's the part uh, I agree with. Yeah, I. I and that's what Jay says. Just there are there are actually people that think that there's like a cut that if they just got into the right room and stole it, they could just release and it would be like theater ready. And right, I mean, there are those people right now. Like it's it's gotten mm-hmm. a little too enthusiastic in certain capacities. Mm-hmm. So uh, no, I don't believe that exists. But I, I yeah, I'm sure there was a like yeah. a, a cut of this film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so anyway, we're not gonna see it. <laughs> not for a bit. Not yet. Not for a while. Not, not for, for a while. Not for a damn bit. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, and Henry Cavill's gone on and said like, well, I don't really see a point in it at this point. Let's just move forward. I, I get that. But you know, dude, we still want to see it. Yeah. Like, I know it just still doesn't make any sense for him in mass and the, the dollars. Superman two Donner cut the Superman two Donner cut. We still wanted to see it. Yeah. Like, how long, how long did that take 25 years? 
was like 25 years. Yeah. I don't care. How about Blade Runner? How long, <laughs> how long was that? I think 25 years. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a minute. <laughs> anyway, hopefully it won't be that long. Who knows? I'm not I'm not going to get hung up on it and, and keep on about it, though, every every week. Like I said last week, but then the Wall Street <laughs> Journal article actually, dropped. Like a, yeah. a print article drop of something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think our moratorium still exists, right, outside of that? I think so, yeah. Like, it's same old, same old, dude. All right, good. Anyway, so that's going to do it for our movie news. Oh, God. I'm surprised <laughs> it was even that short. Yeah. You can hit us up on Twitter at DC on screen. We're on Facebook. We have a Facebook group uh, at uh, forward slash DC on screen podcast on Facebook. You can, and uh, we're on Instagram. You can leave us a voicemail 205 259 6331. Every episode for free at DC on screen.com. We are moving into the television news now. All right. Well, on to TV here. And we've uh, might as well just show you behind the curtain. We, we had to pause for a second. Uh, we had both had a piss. I had an ice cream sandwich. For sure. <laughs> Jason preheated his oven so he can cook as soon as he gets out of here. Yeah. It's going to be a so, long uh, night, man. <laughs> There's editing to happen. It's, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This, is, this, mm-hmm. is, this one's a haul. Yep. All through some really exciting stuff, but this one's a haul. Yeah. So they put out a Titans trailer for the DC Universe. Mm, yeah, they did. Oh, man. Like, I don't even know how to feel about it, honestly. Like, and it's become like the favorite meme of the internet, you know, Robin saying F Batman. Yeah, yeah. And it just like, it felt so, uh, over the top to me. Like I'm, I've watched this trailer a bunch of times. I just don't know how to feel about it. It's weird that he's Robin and a cop. Like, <laughs> I mean, we watch flash all the time. It's very close to that. I know. And I know. I'm absolutely okay. Oh, with, no, with, no. Uh, what? It's only because I'm used to him being Nightwing and a cop. Oh, okay. All right. Gotcha. Well, he's gonna get to Nightwing. Like they told us that about the series. I know. Is, is we're getting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I actually, the more and more I think about it, the more I love the uh, the fuck Batman line because uh-huh. it's it's like the first thing you'd think of if you're just a casual viewer, which is not gonna be the case because like it is de- you're gonna pay, <laughs> which they actually did release the rates and uh, we might as well mention it. It's like seven ninety nine a month, I think, or seventy five dollars a year. And uh, right now, if you actually go pre-order, there's some kind of deal where you get like a month free or something, or three months. Free you get three months free. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if that applies like in the proration for the payment, or uh, I don't. I don't know how that applies. I haven't gotten to look into it yet. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping. I'm hoping in a couple weeks when I can afford it that that deal is still available. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so even even if you're a DC <laughs> Universe kind of subscribing person, like you literally sought out this universe, uh, there might mm-hmm. be some part of you that's just just kind of wondering are they going to do it are they going to bring in the bat so bringing mm-hmm. that in even in the trailer for people who are just kind of wondering I, I i think it's a good call and i think doing it in such okay. a an aggressive manner it would be weird if the rest of the tone of the show wasn't just super aggressive like it's it's apparently it's going to be a very jarring show and uh it, I, like yeah the more i think about it the more i'm excited about it i wasn't yeah. expecting I think, anything like... that ballsy and man they went for it I think for me, I was like, oh, look at me. I'm so edgy, please. Oh, I think I'm so edgy. I just, I don't know. There's something about it that just bothered me. No. I mean, and I don't. This is like, a team where, like, this is I a team it. where one of the base members of this team is, a, like, 
a, a girl trying uh-huh. not to be literally a demon. You know, I, I, like it's uh-huh. the the spawn of of someone that I feel like Satan ha- would have serious respect for is on this team, and we're mm-hmm. not supposed to take this. Come on, man. Yeah, this is a good excuse to go deep know. with it. I don't know. I mean, I've read some stuff where they're saying like it was edit only only edited in a way to make it look like Robin was killing. Um, <laughs> it looked pretty dark though. I mean, the, stepping on faces and necks and stuff. Well, the only like, the only part where it looks dark. like he's really killing because it honestly it looked more like Dove was killing than he was. Mm-hmm. Um, Absol- or Hawk. Yeah. Hawk. Sorry. Thanks. Um, yeah. It it, uh, it looked a lot more like. I couldn't tell. I really couldn't tell. I watched it several times, and I can't tell what part he's, he's stepping on. And I don't think he's necessarily mm-hmm. killing about, uh, somebody, but he might just be, like, permanently... Uh, Breaking his jaw or something, yeah. Even then, that wouldn't be a permanent disfigurement, probably. You'd probably spend a lot of, mm. lot of time sipping out of a straw and uh, back to your daily routine. But, you know, worst case in that scenario, when I just watching it, I thought, well, you know, that guy's never going to walk again. Or mm-hmm. use his arms. He's basically a head. He's young. He'll walk again. <laughs> Unfortunately, that does not matter. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Dark Knight Returns. Oh, yeah, that's right. Where the cop is like, you just crippled that man. He goes, he's young. He'll walk again. <laughs> and I, I forgot that, but I do remember the first time I ever read that book, I thought, well, that's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> it is if you're Batman and you knew how to cripple somebody... Not permanently. Yeah, yeah. That was actually how I justified it, too. It was like, yeah, he would probably know, like, where to hit him, so he's crippled for just a while. But he'll, yeah. He'll go he'll yeah. do some physical therapy. It'll be, it'll be good. Yeah. Maybe make some better choices. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I liked it, man. <laughs> I like this I liked this trailer. I, I really did. Uh, like, the first time I watched I'm it, I was super it. confused and thought, oh, do it. But I did. I got my wish. Like, I wanted to know, like, hey, man, you've got your own streaming content. What are you going to do with it? Like, what's the tone you're willing to set? And... They went way beyond the boundaries I thought they were willing to set. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I was impressed with apparently the yard we're playing in, you know? Yeah. And, you know, uh, Jeff John said he wanted to, like, push it towards, like, being a little more controversial, a little darker, like the old Wolfman and Perez uh, books from the 80s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got his and That's wolfman. fine. Yeah, he's he's got it. Like Wolfman and Perez didn't do this, <laughs> but okay. Um, but I, you know, like I said, I, I I'm down for it. I'll see it. I'll watch it. Uh, Jay Oliva is pretty happy with it. He talks about like, oh yeah, we you know I've worked on all all three the the adult Titans, the middle <laughs> middle range Teen Titans, and now and Teen Titans Go as well for the kids. I think it's cool to see all three. By the way, the Teen Titans Go to the movies. Shit still has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't even know what's going on there, <laughs> but <laughs> like I, I, that one's another one where like I'm curious, but I feel deeply unqualified to watch it. But I probably would have a good time oh, if I went and watched it. I'm not unqualified. I've seen enough of those trailers. I, I laugh my ass off. I'm down. <laughs> like, I don't get all the hate. I really don't. I'm sorry that you know the. I'm sorry that the previous Teen Titans show didn't into everyone's satisfaction but this is what you have now it's a different thing for a different audience but you know i'm a dc guy and also i like fart jokes so it doesn't matter to me (laughs) i'm like all right like they have a lot of cool easter eggs and funny jabs at different things there's also fart jokes i'm okay with that that. yeah (laughs) um so anyway it does kind of remind me of futurama in some ways hmm 
I might need you to run that by me. Oh, yeah. Not now, just later. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure you later. Anyway, <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, uh, Jeff Johns does say that he pitched to Dan DeDio the Superboy Superboy Lex Luthor thing, and they'll get to that on Titans eventually. He says uh, there's a lot of other characters in it: Donna Troy, Jason Todd. It's the whole Titans universe. Mm-hmm. That is exciting. Mm-hmm. That's what makes me happy. Like, if 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 Dick Grayson is dropping F-bombs. What is Jason Todd going to do? <laughs> I'm going to go with a uh, bunch of headshots in the street. Really oh, bloody scene. Okay. Walk away. Say uh, they fucking deserved it. Just... <laughs> right. I was going to make a bad joke. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to move on. <laughs> Again, please, please DM Dave about the terrible uh-huh. joke he was apparently planning to make. <laughs> ah, it's not that bad. I was gonna say, what's Jason Taga do? Probably delete over ten thousand tweets in an hour. Oh, never mind. Mm, yeah, yeah, that was the joke. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> anyway, Doom Could Patrol spinoff. Die in a pool of, of blood. Here. Yeah. Well, that'll that'll for sure happen, yeah. man. <laughs> that'll for sure happen. And we'll have a third uh, Joker and a dream of mine, and apparently several other people might come to fruition. Mm, that, nah, 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 you just sound like you're dropping acid. Yeah, never gonna happen. Hippy dip, yeah. hippy dippy, John's fanatic. No, that uh, like uh, that's way past the release of the Snyder Cut movement. What I'm thinking about? No, way past yeah. it. Yeah, never gonna uh, happen. Yeah. All right. So, um, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Doom Patrol spinoff of of the Titans. There, they've added. Uh, April Bowlby as Elasta Woman. She was in Drop Dead Diva. I don't know what that is. Uh, never heard of it, I don't think. No, I've heard of it. Don't know it, though. Hmm. Uh, here's a thing that's annoying. CNET is reporting that Swamp Thing is not going to have ties or share a continuity with Titans or Doom Patrol. Uh, I'm okay with that. I'm annoyed with it. I'm okay with that. Like, Just why? Unless you're bringing in Matt Ryan to play Constantine. <laughs> That would be fantastic. Oh, that'd be good. But uh, why not if you're starting something that is its own streaming service with original content, and that's one of the, the real touchstones of what you're trying to do, why not go ahead and like open up an, a couple of dialogues here? Mm-hmm. You've, you've got the freedom to. Yeah, you do. I, if you tied everything into one little universe and it didn't work, well, you, you, you've got a – it's an uphill battle, to say the least. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I can get behind that. Like Swamp Thing is also such a unique character that, uh, yeah, you you can have a lot of fun with him and do it somewhere else yeah. and not have to. He's also such a powerful character that you can't get super annoyed when he doesn't show up somewhere else. And yeah, it, I I can get behind this call. Mm-hmm. That's fine. There's so many. That is, it doesn't mean so they, many DC universes can't do that a... means that we have to keep up with. But whatever. I don't know. Not only that, Star Girl TV series has been announced. <laughs> Jeff Johns at a San Diego Comic-Con panel announced that he's going to be writing and producing a Stargirl live-action series set in the uh, set to air on DC Universe. Uh, it's going to be a Berlani production. The sh- he says the show's about Courtney Whitmore, whose mom gets remarried to Pat Dugan, and they move to Blue Valley, Nebraska. She learns that Pat used to be a member of the Justice Society of America, and so she steals her stepfather's stuff and goes for a joyride. He says it's cool, it's going to take the Stars and Stripe comic, the Justice Society comic, and merge it into one thing. And tonally, it's Spider-Man Homecoming and Buffy the Vampire Slayer along with the comic books. 
We're bringing a lot of the legacy stuff into it. A lot of the stuff James Robinson did with the Justice Society. A lot. Uh, I love all of that. His JSA, the Golden Age series, launching the 99 series. Um, I've always wanted to do a series based on Stars and Stripe, so it's really exciting. It's a story about a combined family, a young girl in school. It takes place in high school. I don't think we see a lot of superhero shows in high schools. I'm not sure there is another superhero show that takes place in high school. I love that, you know? There's going to be good guys and bad guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, Smallville, and he has said that the casting, where there is a Stargirl, but other than that. Uh, he may have been talking about currently, because we know Jeff Johns did write a little bit for, for Smallville, yeah. so I know yeah. he's aware of it. Yeah. Um, he did say that they're starting casting this week, so... For, for the series lead and for the Justice Society of America. Yeah. By the way, Justice Society of America is really hard to say for me. <laughs> like, Justice Society! Justice Society! Just one of those phrases that, that just damn hates your tongue. Just hates it. Yep. My tongue gets lazy the or something. Like stand at the roof of your mouth too long and fall to the teeth too quickly. Mm-hmm. They're going to be those phrases. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> Apparently the uh, the Arrowverse crossover is bringing the Batwoman. We did know that. Hashtag show has said, though, that the crossover is going to be only the Flash, Supergirl, and Arrow. There is, there's no Legends of Tomorrow nice. in the crossover. Kind of like that. I do kind of like that. It just feels small. Yeah, like, well, Legends has so many uh, supernatural plans. They, not to... They never know what to do with the Legends when they're in this crossover anyway. Like, they're always, like, the last little segment. You're like, oh, yeah, where was Ray? (laughs) (laughs) No, I I can kind of get behind this, though. Like, they have to find an excuse for the Legends to find this place in time every time. I I, I can Mm -hmm. do this. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it says, uh, especially how the seasons are structured, it's going to be harder for them to, to do that. Just schedule so, it. It makes sense. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, so they are doing a Batwoman series and, uh, that's in development, in development. and apparently Batwoman, yep, it's going to be kicked off by the Arrowverse crossovers and, uh, it's going to be in development from Carolyn Dries, Greg Berlani, Sarah Schechter, and Jeff Johns. Um, it was revealed yesterday that they're seeking an openly gay 25 to 29 year old actress of any ethnicity to play the part. Mm-hmm. And they also said, uh, this about the, the character Kate is fully aware of how badass she is whenever she enters a room, even though she prefers to put a smile on your face. Young Miss Kane is physically and intellectually confident while being a woman who is proud to be openly gay. However, Kate still deals with her inner demons that go back to her history with her dad. Their relationship is quite complicated as she struggles to get praise from him. She once aspired to have a successful military career, but those dreams sadly came to an end as she was kicked out of West Point once she came out of the closet. But that didn't stop her from becoming the crime-fighting vigilante known as Batwoman. Striking fear into the criminals she fights, Kate is someone who must also fight the complications of living a double life, both as a citizen and hero of Gotham. While she has her shield up, when fighting criminals, she lets herself be vulnerable when dating women. It's a weird way to phrase that. That is. All right. <laughs> Isn't it? That, that last part is. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you say vulnerable in her relationship? Well, whatever. Like, she's whatever, just guys. suddenly going to be... It almost sounds like she's going to be like on a Tinder date and be like, Oh, by the way, I'm Batwoman. Oh, God, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> oh, I do that every time. I I have to... I need you to finish that drink. There's a roofie in it. I, I just, yeah. just here you go, and just tips the glass to her to her lips. Yeah, she's <laughs> drops her off in some resplendent dress with a hundred thousand dollars. I don't know, man. It just like, well, 
Why do you roofie them? Well, I tell them my secret. I used to just flash a flashlight in their face because I thought like the men in black thing was going to work, and then it, it didn't did work. It did not work. Several tries. Did not work. Very disappointing. <laughs> Never trust Will Smith again. You need to, you, you need to forget me now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, arrested the yeah. moment. Oh, Job. Damn, good bit. Anyway. <laughs> I love the bit. He's just, he's like slowly, slowly getting worse with his syphilis and he can't remember he has it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's roofing himself for those who don't know. Just watch the rest of development. Anyway. It's fine now. They fixed season four. You're good. Yeah. Supergirl. They dropped a trailer. Agent of Liberty. Ominous voiceover. Uh, Sam Witwer is playing Agent of Liberty. And he's being described as the ruthless and terrifying leader of the Children of Liberty, a human-first hate group. The character is described as a brilliant orator in the guise of a family man who can easily convince people he's right. Uh, Dan Jurgens didn't seem too thrilled with, with that version no, of Asian Liberty, not. but whatever. He he actively ranted about it on yeah. Twitter. He called the writers lazy. Mm. R- lazy TV writers. Oh. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> they... Anyway. They reinterpreted your character, and, and uh, I get it. I get it, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I was like, yeah, well, I'm probably going to side with Dan Jurgens, but I'll, I'll keep an open mind when I'm watching this thing. I do like that actor. Um, and I especially like him for being uh, someone I'm supposed to not like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, this trailer, I don't know what the hell the Supergirl suit was, this, like, this alternate suit. No, I don't know. It was mostly clips of season three. But they've got like this new like it looked like the one of the it looked like the space suit that Superman had in Superman the animated series. See, it comes back around. Um, some people suggested that it might be like this alternate Kara from like the the finale. Yeah, possibly. But uh, I yeah. saw a lot of like Eradicator kind of talk somewhere. I I don't know. Oh, I didn't see any of that. That's interesting. I don't know what they're talking about with that suit? Yeah, it's a weird looking suit. I, I have like a personal theory that it's. Uh, like a suit you would develop for somebody that's blank slate that doesn't know their full powers, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. very early on they realize they don't need that suit. Mm. Okay. Well, I don't know what to think about it. Not either. It wasn't much of a trailer. It wasn't much no, of a trailer. I mean, I, they, these people have been in Vancouver for what, like four weeks? I don't know. We got more out of the Flash. Got more out of Arrow. Yeah, but still, they, there has not been. <laughs> they, they've just literally not been there very long. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not hating, man. Yeah, I'm participating. Well, we got actually still got me pretty excited about Supergirl. <laughs> I, I, I'm not worried about that. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Look like Alex. Look like Alex had a haircut. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> Dug it. Uh, they are reporting that Linda Carter is going to be returning as President Olivia Marsden in season four. That does need to be tied up. Mm-hmm. Also, DC villain Manchester Black is coming to Supergirl. It's going to be David Ajala. And uh, they're describing him as dangerous and uh, a dangerous and manipulative psychic and telekinetic and as the head of a team of self-styled superheroes called the Elite. He sought to upstage Superman in the Justice League in his first appearance. That's in the comics. Uh, I hope I hope uh, he's good. I, I like the Elite. I liked uh, Manchester Black in the books. I liked the Superman vs. the Elite animated film. I'm down. He's like, uh, you know, psychic telekinetic, telekinetic version of Spike and or John Constantine in a way. Like, yeah, 
I just like British dudes with funny colored hair. Yeah. Who are in leather jackets. That's always fun. That's my... <laughs> I did, like, the the thing that I liked about uh, the producer, I think it was the producer was talking about him, was um, they said he's the kind of guy who, like, uh, goes to a gunfight with a knife and walks out anyway. Uh-huh. I thought, well, yeah, that's, mm, yeah, that's the kind of Western bravado I can get behind. <laughs> like that That's probably going to be fun yeah. to watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, Supergirl has also cast Nicole Maines as TV's first transgender superhero. Let's do it. Let's see, according to her dis- her description, uh, Nia Nall is a transgender superhero called Dreamer. Be played by uh, Nicole Maines. She's going to be uh, the newest addition to Catco's reporting team. A soulful young transgender woman. That's another word I can't say. Transgender, transgender, <laughs> with a fierce drive or just to protect others. Your teeth. Transgender. <laughs> Nia's journey this season means fulfilling her destiny as the superhero dreamer, much like Kara came into her own as a Supergirl. So yeah, I don't know this person either from Royal Pains. Never heard even heard yeah, of that. I, I don't actually know. Or maybe like, I did. I don't know her IMDb or anything. But what confused me about it a little bit is. Uh, I think the dreamer is supposed to be kind of a precog. Uh, that that was what it was. She was a leeches of superheroes uh, member, and she did have precognitive abilities. Yeah. I I mean I I do like that they're even tying more and more into the legion of superheroes. That's that's cool. I, I love that they've dug into that. But kind of a, like having a precog, that's mm-hmm. almost feels like cheating. I mean, kind of uh, kind of curious about how they work that in. Yeah, I I suspect. I mean, how would you be dreamer and not be a precog though? Because my first seemed to be my first knee jerk reaction would be like, yeah, maybe it's be like you know, Big Chief Willabom Boomalaka away from the uh, from Noel Fielding's luxury comedy, mm. <laughs> who hangs out with Fantasy Man, nice. and his powers he could he could see fifteen seconds into the future or whatever it was, fifteen minutes. I don't even know. <laughs> They're like, well, that's not very useful, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was going to use his brother Patrick Duffy, but unfortunately, he had the shits. Nice. Anyway, that's some weird. That's some weird stuff. If you've ever, if you've never seen Noel Fielding's luxury comedy, look up Fantasy Man. This just. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't recommend it, but look it up if you if you ever just want to feel something weird. If you, if you choose. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like having a precog around though, like uh, it's uh, that's a lot. It, like, and having a precog around in a season where apparently we're gonna have Brain Act Five. Mm-hmm. That's that's a lot of that's a lot of cogging. Being able to interpret the future. <laughs> Some serious cogging. Yeah. Right. I'm <laughs> curious about how they work that out. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I I don't. I don't know if they're actually going to tie in the Legion of Superheroes to her, or if it's just going to be like, here she be. Like, no ties. I'm sure they'll tie it just a little bit. They've been too... Uh, they've been uh, so friendly with the Legion. I, I think they'll tie it in. Mm. Yeah. Some capacity. So, Supergirl has also added, for season four, as series regular April Parker Jones, mm-hmm. who will be playing Colonel Haley. A character described as a hardline career military woman who lives and dies by the orders of her commanding officers. Haley's dedication to her country leads her to always act in its best interest, even if that means acting against her own. Okay. Yeah? That's all I've got. 
<laughs> Me too, buddy. Me too. We'll see her when we see her. Yep. Over to the Flash. They released a uh, SDCC trailer for the Flash. Uh, we get a lot more excess. Uh, there's a great bit where Barry says she could Marty McFly herself out of existence. That made me laugh. Uh, yeah. It did. It made me laugh. Uh, I, I, it was nice to see Wally around. You know, I've been hearing that he's not going to be around so much, but he was sure around a lot in this no, trailer. Here and there. Oh, and dude, she hit the flash ring. Yeah, she gave Barry the flash ring. She gave Barry the flash ring. Flash ring. And they, they've confirmed that Chris Klein, dude from American Pie and Election, like, I haven't seen this dude in forever. He's going to be <laughs> dude Cicada. Dude things you wouldn't think you'd care about because they were uh, comedy. Yeah. I mean, well, he was in Oz, and that wasn't a, that wasn't a oh, comedy. No. Yeah. But, yeah, man, he's going to be Cicada. They In the trailer, they, they show him with Cicada's, like, lightning bolt dagger yeah. that, uh, that the character in the comics yeah. used. So, um... They're describing him as a grizzled, blue-collar everyman whose family has been torn apart by metahumans. Cicada now seeks to exterminate the epidemic. One metahuman at a time. Mm-hmm. I'm all right with that. Whatever. <laughs> and apparently there's some background where, like, he's he thinks if he takes... Like, if he somehow sacrifices enough of the Flash's... Uh, like the the people he's actually saved, it'll somehow bring back his family. It's it's absurd and might be kind of wonderful. I'm not sure. Well, I'm not sure they were doing that on the. They're not. I'm not sure they're doing that on the show. That was a thing that like the comic book version looks a lot different than than what we're getting here. But the comic book version was like a preacher, and he ran around killing people who were saved by the Flash with this lightning bolt dagger, mm-hmm. and like he was actually trying to like channel something and like bring back his family somehow i'm i don't know that they're doing I don't, that with i don't this know if they're going to go into the like theological aspect of it but i i think they might go into some version of uh if if he kills enough of uh, the people he's saved maybe he gets to bring back his own family mm-hmm. like there is definitely going to be a like a deleterious version of him just taking away some of the progress flash has made i think that's going to be at least i'll tell you that. the truth I don't think Cicada is the big bad of season five. I can get behind that. I think it's. I think he's he's gonna be like a, a a means to an end for a bigger villain, like sort of like what they did with the Savitar story. Like we we I can't remember even his name. That character now, it's not even it's not registering. <laughs> I can't think of it. Whoever that dude was in the in the cloak, who was actually Julian. Oh. <laughs> Why well, can't I remember I his name? I don't. I don't know. Anyway. Moving on. Uh, the showrunners have teased now as SDCC that Gorilla Grodd and King Shark may have a big team up in Season 5. He says we're tr- going to really try to get King Shark and Grodd teaming up probably in the second half. That, that might be fantastic. fun. All yeah, of their yeah, special effects have looked amazing. I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He also said, uh, Helbing also said that there, it's not just one mistake that Nora has made. She says there he says there's a bunch of big mistakes and they're coming. It's not just one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was interesting and, and made me think uh about what where the show was going. Uh Helbing explained that the show's fifth season is going to be all about the concept of legacy, including the idea of a younger version of the rogues. We will be doing a younger version of the rogues and that the season would not be without deaths and other challenges. He says there will be a lot of deaths this season. 
I think everybody's thinking about what it means after they leave. All right. That gave me chills, dude. I was like, better not be Joe. Oh, that's the main one. Better not be Joe. Yeah, that's the main one. Huh? (laughs) Don't you kill my Joe. He's about to have a baby, damn it. Don't you kill my Joe. Yes, I think that would make fantastic television. If you did, that's not the point. Don't you do it. Mm -hmm. Don't you do it. (laughs) So, uh, season eight of this season, or sorry, episode eight of this season of The Flash is going to be the 100th episode. And it'll be the show's mid-season finale. Tom Cavanaugh's directing it. Why not? Also, Daniel Panabaker says she will be directing a Flash this this year. I, you know, I don't really care about the villain so far, but I'm pretty excited about the Flash this yeah. year. I I do really like that they're getting to direct stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But that also worries me because that also means they might leave. Nah. Like, really? Like, wait, what, what do you mean? There's a lot of people dying off this year, Todd. What do you mean? Like, and I'm thinking, like, who could they possibly mean? Oh. Oh, Caitlin wants to direct. Eh. She hasn't had a... Oh, she could. they could just knock her out, man. Nah, they're not just going to take her out of her one director's credit. Like, surely that's not the... Uh, oh, no, man. Oh, I know no. you're going to kill me, getting, but please worried. give me this one credit. It's possible. Yeah, or like, I want to direct now. I would, I would rather... I would like to direct more and not be on the show. I don't know, man. And I'm looking directly at Tom Cavanaugh. <laughs> I'm like, you bastard. This is the second or third time you've directed now. Maybe. You're going to leave us, He's aren't you? So You're going to leave us, aren't you? Doing what he does. I don't know. Mm. All right, over to Arrow. That Arrow Season 7 trailer, dude. Like, Ollie looking badass in prison. Knock that dude's head right through that wall. <laughs> the dude in the shower. <laughs> yeah. That's not going to work out for him. Yeah. Loving the, the loving the goatee. That, that's, yeah. Uh, Glad to see uh, Diaz back. I don't know, though, if this new vigilante is, is one of the long bow hunters, but I am tired of the evil archer thing. <laughs> I do feel like the longbow hunters aren't necessarily going to be that. They may be. Yeah. They may just be archers. But then again, the show is uh, I mean, called Arrow, so are. if it is, you, you, you just got to deal with that. <laughs> like, we, ha- you know, uh, like, okay, Malcolm Merlin. All right, his son for maybe a second whatever i don't even remember if they did that for real uh, we got like who prometheus yeah there's been plenty plenty of people that could uh, uh it was like there was another string, one sure but <laughs> yeah it if if that's what it is eh, you just got to got to deal with that i think to some extent i mean can they not come up with something else other than it's not Oliver. I mean, what do you he, want? Like, instead of the longbow hunters, do you want, like, the rifle artists? Well, we're not even going to get the real longbow hunters, for real. Like... No. They're 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 bringing in... There's, like, three different people, and, like, only one of them was one of the longbow hunters in the comics. The other two had nothing to do with yeah. any of it. I mean, one of them is well, brand so new. So that's, you know... Mm-hmm. So, anyway. But I did uh, love Stephen the hell of that trailer. Just, just mm-hmm. watching it. <laughs> that's going to yeah. be a fun scene. Again, mm-hmm. they've been shooting for a few weeks, and you still gave me like a scene that I'm I'm looking forward to, and and probably just like episode one based on Amel's comments. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, super excited about that. Mm-hmm. Stephen Amel says uh, one scene in the premiere: what Oliver does is reprehensible. There's nothing about him that is heroic at all. See, I don't even think that's the fight scene. I think that's maybe something else that happens during that episode. I want to see it. Whatever it was. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah, over at SDCC, they're talking about, like, Derek Sampson's coming back for this season. We got friggin' Bronze Tiger coming yeah. back. Danny Brickwell, Brick, you yeah. know. Vinny Jones come back to play him and everything. Um, that's all cool. This Tiger was killed, supposedly. Like They thought he was dead when we saw him before. So he's not in the maximum security prison, I, I don't think. But, uh, yeah, apparently it was his body was carried away by Deadshot for burial in his home country. But I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sure he's he's fine. I'm sure he's fine. Right. There are ways. Of course. Uh, someone asked if they were going to do uh, an Olicity baby. And uh, the new showrunner, Beth Schwartz, said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to get into a lot of these longbow hunters real quick. Uh, they did reveal that it was going to be Red Dart, Kodiak, and the Silencer. And uh, like I said, only one of them is commonly associated with the longbow hunter team. Red Dart, who will be played by Holly Alyssa, first appeared as a member of the team in Green Arrow. Uh, volume 5, episode, uh, sorry, issue 31, episode, bleh. in tw- 2014, character's name is, uh, real name is unknown. She's known for her use of trick darts, and she was a part of the Longbow Hunters. Kodiak, played by Michael Johnson, was the leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. Clan, one of the eight clans of the Outsiders. Mm-hmm. And in the comics, she had something called the S.H.I.E.L.D. Totem, which granted its owner immortality and true enlightenment. And then The Silence, played by Miranda Edwards. In the comics, The Silencer, a.k.a. Honor Ghost, was Talia al Ghul's most trusted assassin. The association may be a hint that Diaz could have ties with Talia on Arrow. Um, and provide an opening for the return of Colton Haynes' Roy Harper, which Colton Haynes just said, I got a call from Ger- uh, Greg Berlani, and they said, hey, I was shooting American Horror Story at the time, and he said, if you want to come back, you're welcome to come back. We have a great idea, and it's the craziest idea. Roy Harper's coming back in a way that no one is going to understand. It's amazing, and I was like, I can't wait to be around my friends and my family. And so I, of course, jumped at that opportunity. He says, you guys have no idea what's happening with Roy Harper. It's a crazy storyline, I can say. It's crazy. It's nothing like he's been uh, before. It's going to shock so many people. I'm shocked right now. It's going to shock a lot of people. Roy's not the same person. I can't say much. But we're returning back to our roots on the show. Not the characters, but the show. We're going back to how we were a couple of seasons ago. But it's going to be just so good. Beth Schwartz, our new showrunner, is just, she's a dream. She's changing everything, and she's making everything the way I think the show was at the beginning. I, I, what do you make of that? I have no idea what to make of that. I really don't. I sure as hell don't know what to make of that. <laughs> like, he says, everything's like, going to be different, except it's going to be what we did a couple of years ago. But not the characters, just the show. But not the characters, yeah. Like I, I, I don't know. I have no fucking idea what to make of that. Right. It it does make me think that they have like he has access to some pages. Obviously, he mm-hmm. would that uh, will lose mind a little bit, and that's that's yeah, that's captivating. I'm I'm happy about that. I do feel like there's a chance in the like three months we're like, oh yeah, yeah, I know what he's talking about now. It, it's yeah, I I, mm. I I get it. But hey. Could be super and uh, last piece of Arrow news, though, Amel says that he thinks Oliver's going to be in jail a lot longer than people think or expect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if he was just in, in jail the entire season? No, it would not. <laughs> but it would make me laugh really hard in retrospect. Like every yeah. week, I'd be frustrated, and then at the end of the year, I'd be like, "Okay, that was that was <laughs> that was solid. I get it." Mm-hmm. Or what the hell? <laughs> yeah, possibly. 
All right, we're going to move over to the Legends of Tomorrow. They dropped a trailer for the season. What did you think, man? Rising Darkness. I'll just let you have the floor for this one. Yeah, you know, I watched that trailer a couple of times. By the way, favorite thing in that trailer was Mick saying uh, whatever it was, like when he was like four years of the same old crap. (laughs) But that the rising, the darkness is rising. Remember, he's standing there with Sarah. So I I suspect, you know, they're doing this in the trailer and they're making it like, oh man, it's probably going to be like, uh, you know, them bringing back what, oh, somebody's messed with magic and blah, blah, blah. And now certain things are getting out. I think if you listen to the cut of that, it's a little weird. I think he's making a dick joke when he says the darkness is rising, the rising darkness from the Constantine. I think he's just, is that's meant for us to make us think a certain thing. But when we watch the show, it's going to be some stupid, cheesy joke about how he's horny. I, I'm going to laugh my ass off and then cry a little bit. If you're right. <laughs> like I'm going to laugh. And then those, those laugh tears are going to turn to real tears. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's plenty of real tears in this Legends news. It, it, it there's no way. I don't. I don't think we're gonna get necessarily. Uh, not even necessarily. Like I don't think at all we're gonna get everything we were promised as Constantine kind of built its mm-hmm. first half of a season that never came to fruition. Uh, but like I don't know if we're gonna we're gonna get to see the angel. Um, mm-hmm. That would that would be huge. But yeah, yeah. like I. I even approaching it and talking about it in his terms, they told us they wanted to approach the magical. They brought on John Constantine, and then they made it a point to kind of like pimp him in the trailer for it. We're, we're going to get mm-hmm. a lot of his story, I think. It's not going to be enough. I was, like I feel like we're going to be frustrated because no. there's going to be a lot of things they left undone. But if if we just think about like, hey, we got some of this done, we might be pretty satisfied. Look, all they need to do is bring on the angel. He, the angel, makes some you know statement about like you know you 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 ran all these other people off from your show. What makes these people different? John's got to say something about how you know Angel Dude is a is a traitor. I'm good. Save the little girl at the end of the show. They could do it. Save the little girl at the end of the season. Yeah, I'm good. They're fantastic. I I even love yeah. that they're leaving them kind of out of the uh, the the crossover. Because that it mm-hmm. does develop, like this season, I I'm hoping it's what it sounds like. It sounds like they're gonna do a, basically like a tour of magic this year, mm-hmm. and they've brought on like someone that I've I've been dying to see again. You know? Yeah. Uh, I I hope it's what I'm hoping for. If that's uh, too much to ask. <laughs> yeah. Well. So during uh, Comic Con, they the EPs say there are no plans to introduce Booster Gold. I'm not. They have I'm confirmed not, that I'm not blaming them exactly. Mm-hmm. But Berlantis universe in general, fuck you. <laughs> they have confirmed that Bebo is going to return. Of course, I did finally start to like he, him in the last instantiation. So that's fine. Ugh. Um, we are not going to see. We should not expect to see Snart or Firestorm. In season four. Yeah, that's fine. Macy Richardson Sellers is going to be an entirely new role in season four. She will return as a new character named Charlie, who is British, described as a rebel without a cause, ties to a, to the mysterious portal of magic that the, that the legends opened. She's They're unsure if she's friend or foe. I don't, I don't understand I don't what they're doing do here. That. Yeah, that was very confusing. 
they've added Ramona Young as a series regular who is going to be playing this Alaska U character we talked about mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Um, Tom Wilson from Back to the Future, Biff Tannen, is going to be in Legends of Tomorrow playing Nate Haywood's father. Yeah, why not? I just, I mean, how, can we please just have him call Nate a butthead? That, yes, please. <laughs> please. He has to call somebody a butthead. Yes, please. Think, McFly, think. And they said that Rip Hunter isn't coming back for this season. Yeah, I like that, though. I think that does so, like, there, you know? I, I feel like their SDCC was just like, hey, guys, time to stomp on your hopes. <laughs> no, not at like, all. But you got Constantine, but Bebo is coming back, and all these other things aren't. No, no, no. A lot of people like Bebo. And, it, like, we even liked Bebo. Like, uh, by by the time they were done with it. Ah, uh, uh, that's strong. That's a, that's a bold version of that truth. Yeah, like, I know. But it's a version of that truth. <laughs> it, I mean, it maybe you were to us. I mean, I'm still saying that was real dumb. Yeah. Kind of worked. Right, anyway, so <laughs> kind of over on uh on Black Lightning, they've promoted uh Jordan Calloway, Painkiller, Khalil Payne mm-hmm. on uh, to to series regular. And uh so that's that's going on. They did have like they did have a trailer for Black Lightning, but it was just like a trailer one recap wholly and completely. Yeah. No, they they haven't started yeah. filming anything. I, I, it's it's just not a thing yet. Yeah. And uh, in case you didn't know, Freedom Fighters, The Ray Season 2 is now on CW Seed. I haven't watched it yet. It's going to be, you know, I might actually just wait until the Blu-ray just to watch the full thing. Because we know they're going to add 15, 20 minutes before we, you know. Apparently. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to. Let's just let's just wait for that and then do a review of it then. Yeah, apparently. It's very frustrating <laughs> to watch these things. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Over Krypton. Krypton Season 2 to feature Lobo. Yay! Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm really excited about that. That that made my day yes. when I heard that. I was like, holy shit, Lobo's gonna be on Krypton. That's awesome. Yeah. They're also gonna bring in Nightwing and Flameberg. Not Berg? Flamebird. <laughs> not uh not the Dick Grayson Nightwing. This is like the these are the Kryptonian gods mm-hmm. who, much like the Hawks, uh reincarnate throughout history, destined to find each other. And be betrayed by a friend in each lifetime. And uh, they're also, you know, known as the legend that Superman tells a young Dick Grayson of the Kryptonian gods. And inspires him to adopt that name. So, I don't know. That's cool. Yeah. I'll I'll watch some Nightwing and Flamebird. Yeah. And uh, they've also confirmed Brainiac's return, which, how could you not? And they said that they are going to be heading to Kulu, which is Brainiac's homeworld. So yeah 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 yay. Honestly, the Young Justice the, the Outsiders Krypton news was pretty hmm? exciting. Yeah, it was really just Lobo to me. Like Lobo. even the rest of it was kind <laughs> of yeah, man. Let's let's other, try this out. Well, the others was it was sort of like well, why the hell wouldn't you on both of those <laughs> others? Like it was like yeah, yeah, yeah and so okay. gotcha. like why was that not on the docket before? Like <laughs> anyway. Young Justice Outsiders. Mm-hmm. They've released this trailer. It looks great. Yes. I, like, got all weepy again over Wally. Yes. 
Like, I forgot about that part. I was like, yeah, we know. And then, like, he said, he runs to the funnel with the, with the other flashes. I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. I don't know if it's going to be All good, right, but so, yeah. damn, man. Uh, it's really nice to see it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's going to be good. And says, this time the team faces its greatest challenge yet as it takes on metahuman trafficking and the terrifying threat it creates for a society caught in the crossfire of a genetic arms race spanning the globe and the galaxy. Thing looked cool. It looked yeah. really cool. Like, I was excited to see any damn thing about it. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm on board all the way. It's on DC Universe, though. I'm, I mean, I'll get it eventually. I just... Yeah. <laughs> all right, so we had... Uh, Lucifer explained to uh, how things might change on on Netflix. Old Tom Ellis explained how Lucifer might change. He says, "I'm excited about the fact that we are 10 episodes now as opposed to 22, which means that we can get right down to the storytelling, and every episode will count." From my point of view as an actor, I love that's that he's great. Also admitting that some didn't, <laughs> many did not count. Yes, <laughs> he says one of the. He does say one of the things that we have to be careful about as well is the reason the show was so popular was because of the way it was. We don't want to mess around too much with that. Dude, it is not popular because of the procedural aspect. Please. No. Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think he's got his head around this. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to listen to him. Yeah. He also talks about the limitations of the show and and how they're a little happier to be on streaming. He says, obviously, there are certain different boundaries that we can play with now. I think Joe Joe Henderson, our showrunner, has been very adamant that he wants to have my bum on screen for three seasons, and now we can finally do that. Of course. Yeah. I've heard that over and over again. Why is Joe Joe Henderson so, so determined to get Lucifer's ass on screen? I mean... I mean... It's just a, it's just a it's, couple of lumps of meat with a the, crack. It's the natural evolution of the show. <laughs> From season one where they just teased it. So, uh, I mean, you uh-huh. have to now, right? You're obligated. Right. I mean, I mean I'm telling you now, we're going to see Tom Ellis's ass. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm sure. I just, you know, Full I don't get backle. the fascination with asses. I don't really get the, the, the ass fascination too much. Like That comes down to person to person. I don't know. Some people want to see the shit out of Tom Ellis' ass. <laughs> I ho- I don't want to see the shit come out of Tom Ellis' ass. I said the shit That's out disgusting. of disgusting. That's slightly oh. different. And then you got to be careful. You got to like shade it properly, or else you'll see like the one ball hanging lower than the other from the back. It's weird. Just... You got to have it. It's it's a concerted effort, but <laughs> in the right circumstances, apparently this is a thing people want to see. So okay, go forth and God bless. <laughs> Go with God. Yeah. Bye, Condias. Muchacho. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, Batman. <laughs> They've they have released, uh, or they have announced, I should say, yeah. that Batman Hush is going to be an animated movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is based on the Jeff Loeb, Jim Lee book. I don't know how they're going to... I mean, I know it's going to be, like, super not detailed, the animation. Yeah. You know, like, I would almost rather it be, like, a motion comic, because I just don't want to lose anything that Jim Lee did. Um, but anyway, the film's going to have a bunch of Batman villains, Poison Ivy, Rachel Ghoul, the Joker, uh, and centered around mystery villain Hush. 
and um, it was a great great story. Yeah, no, I'm, great I'm excited story. to see this come. I I, I don't know mm-hmm. what this is going to come out to be, but damn, I'm excited about it. Yeah. Oh, it sounds good. Uh, they're apparently also doing a Wonder Woman Bloodlines movie, and they're they're not they haven't said a whole lot about it. It's like a little extra, it's like a bonus movie. They're saying because they usually put out like you know three a year. It's going to be like four this year because it's going to be Hush. It's going to be um, Reign of the Superman, which I I feel like is just like the follow up to the Death of Superman story. Yeah, oh for sure. And um, then they're also doing this Wonder Woman Bloodlines. They're not saying if it's a sequel to the Carrie Russell Wonder Woman that came out. Back in 09. Right. It is the first time Wonder Woman has gotten a solo animated film since that time. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not really saying much about it. But there's also Justice League versus The Fatal Five. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, The Fatal Five were from the... Uh, weren't they from the, the Legion of Superheroes? And they were... Uh, Tharok, a small-time crook, turned super genius. Thanks to cybernetic implants installed after a robbery job literally blows up his face. The Empress, sorry, the Emerald Empress, who wields the immense power of Emerald Eye of Ekron, uh, Validus, the child of two founding members of the Legion of Superheroes, Lightning Lad and Saturn Girl, whom Darkseid kidnapped, sent backward in time, and transformed into a monstrous being with a mind simply... Simple enough to be easily controlled by the Emerald Empress mind-influencing abilities. Uh, Mano, who has an antimatter touch, is considered one of the greatest murderers in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. The Persuader, who wields an atomic axe capable of cutting through anything. So that's what we're dealing with, with uh, Justice League versus the Fatal Five. Those are the, the Fatal Five, as it were. I mean, as one and, does. Uh, sure. Just daily stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the more exciting Three thing to me is the, the Batman. I, I something similar myself, mm-hmm. I, I, obviously. Right. Uh, Batman the Animated Series is coming to Blu-ray, uh, and I'm excited about that. Yeah. They're, they're doing a, a a special edition Funko Pop minifigures box set. Uh, the minifigure is going to be Batman, Harley Quinn, and the Joker. It's all 109 episodes of the series. Mm-hmm. It's going to have a ton of variety. Uh, uh, sorry, a wide variety, a ton of bonus features. Many documentaries. It also comes with Batman the Mask of the Phantasm, Batman Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero. Um, it is currently available for pre-order. You can go get this thing. It is $112.99. And um, I'm probably not buying this right now. <laughs> like, this is this limit, This limit. is a limited edition. They're going to put out a cheaper version, basically. The, this collector's Blu-ray box set is going to be 30,000... Uh, version like copies of it. It's like thirty thousand units. Um, I don't even know if it's still around. More than two thousand copies were pre-ordered within the first twenty-four hours of availability on Amazon. So there's no telling uh, if it's even around now. Yeah. But you know, a lot of these, a lot of these. Um, I'm not going into all of the special features because a lot of them, I think, were on the DVD sets. I think. Hmm. But um, yeah. It uh, hit stands on October 16th, 2018. So I'm probably going to wait for a cheaper version of this thing. Right. Honestly. I've already got Mask of the Phantasm on Blu-ray anyway. I mean, that's that's a good start. Mm-hmm. Anywho. That's it. We're done. Wait, that's... That, well, okay. Are you sure? It's all the news. That's, that's everything I've got. For sure. Hey, I'll have to wait if, if there's more. Got it. I'm sure there's more. Oh, they'll come. It'll come. It'll be next week. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. It was. Guys, we love you. Thank you for sticking with us. And uh, 
you know, come ha- hang out with us. Hit us up on Twitter, DC on screen, Facebook, DC on screen, Facebook group, DC on screen podcast. Follow us on Instagram at DC on screen. Email us at DC on screen at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail, 205-259-6331. And if we're not talking for over two hours next week, we will play that voicemail and we will do a little fan feedback. Uh, yeah. You got anything else, man? Oh, for God's sake, no. This was... All right, guys. This was well, a lot. Until next week, keep some DC on your screen and stay sweaty. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens, The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, could be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Effie Ophelders of the fantastic podcast, Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time. TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, an improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. Are you-